Oops. Oh, there we go. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of PC Wrestling. Today, we're talking everything NXT, the rise and fall of NXT. We're going to start from a little bit of everything, a little bit of sauce, everything. We're going to cover everything NXT-wise. Uh, so for the people who were familiar with the NXT brand, this episode is for you. Uh, we're going to dive into a lot of good things, a lot of bad things about NXT. So if you guys want to interact in the comment section, uh, as always, I'll let my co-hosts introduce themselves. Uh, we'll start with G. Let's go in order from G to J to Actually, a. actually, start with J. <laughs> start with J. Wow. I don't know what this guy got planned. Man, G may be running the show today. Yeah, this guy got planned. That's beautiful. Uh, I, you know yeah. what? I'm not, I, said I, I said I had five minutes. I just need to. I just, need, I just need something to address. Right. I just need something to address. Fair enough. All right. Well, uh, as as you maybe sort of have introduced me, my name is Jade. I'm the infamous opinionist on TikTok. My comments are getting spammed all to hell right now. I'm trying to work that out. So if you go to see me on TikTok and you see the spam comments, I'm trying to get that taken care of. I apologize for that. But do go follow me there if you find the time. Yeah. All right, Nate. Y-N-R-D. Who are you today? You Jay Uso? You LA Knight? What do we, what do we get? <laughs> this just, is just Nate, bro. This, y'all just getting Nate, bro. You know what I'm saying? Hey, bro. Hey, bro. Careful what you wish. But uh, <laughs> J-A Knight. Yes, sir. Y-N-R-D underscore. Yeah. Yeah. On TikTok. Also, a big dummy because before the show, I was like, man, I can't hear nothing. Then I realized my headphones wasn't plugged in all the way. So I'm just I'm just stupid. <laughs> I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. So uh, let's get on with the show. Hopefully, I don't say anything su- too stupid. What's going on, y'all? It's Pat uh, GTZPAT91 on TikTok. Go ahead and give me a follow. I'm climbing. I'm like just I just hit 800 a couple days ago, trying to get to 1K so I can finally go live. Uh, but I'm here, man. Uh, I, I mean, Jay, we got discount Jay Uso over here. Somebody told me in a in a, I was on a backup burner account of a friend of mine's on a live, and someone said I look like Angel Garza. So I was like, "All right, I'll be discount. I'll be discount Angel Garza." You look like his uncle. A little bit, a little bit, little bit. So I'll be discount Angel Garza for the day. But I'm ready to get this started. NXT is one of my favorite subjects to talk about. Uh, what's going on, everybody? Lewis here, uh, Wrestling Chop Shop on YouTube. Mister uh, NXT. Uh, damn, I forgot y'all gave me that. You gave me that name actually. That started with you. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm excited to talk yeah. about NXT. Um, I was the first guy on TikTok when I was on TikTok to give it a platform to base it around. So it's yeah. co- it's cool to go back to my legacy. Uh, Tua is uh, New England's father, Ramsey Gang. Let's go. Fuck Roman. There we go. All right. Lewis, you and I, man. We, we have such an up and down relationship. You and I, I don't, I don't know. I don't what do you got in Roman? Hey, hey, you started. Hey, hey, without real shit, without Jade on TikTok, um, I think he did. He did his famous. What was it? Um, oh, wrestling opinions that might trigger you, and it was. Uh, it, it was his first video. I I remember. I do no. I stitched it, and he gave me the nickname Mister NXT because, like I said, when I was on TikTok, I based all the content, everything I did around NXT, spitting knowledge to people. So I'm glad we get to relive some <laughs> legacy that I helped uh, create. So. All right, he baby, go ahead with this bullshit. I don't know what to say. All right, what's going on, everybody? I missed y'all. I I missed y'all. I really, really did. I I missed y'all. Not being able to. We miss you too, man. Up until about two minutes ago. No, I just, I just need to address. I just need to address because I remember a couple episodes. I think it might have been our first one or second one. Something about the miss. I got a lot of heat for something I said. Oh my god, bro. 
And then last episode, episode seven, around the 45 minute, 35 second mark, this man right below me, man right below me, literally said the exact same thing I said, and y'all didn't say a word. Y'all was mute. Y'all agreed with everything he said. Pat, would you like to know exactly what you said at this 45 minute, 35 second mark? I'm curious. I, I mean, I can't remember what I had for breakfast this morning. I, 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 so I, I, I went to the timestamp today before the show. Oh, trust me. Sure. G-Baby came with receipts. I remember. Yeah. Came with receipts. You said, of course. You said, let's be real. G-Baby's not here. So we can all admit that Miz, even though he was the WWE champion, he was the third most important part of the storyline against Cena and The Rock. When I said that on this show, all y'all was on my head. All y'all yeah, was on my head. Yeah, we like head. making you mad, man. Yeah, it ain't about that. We like making you mad. mad. Hold on, hold on. To, to be fair, no, I didn't, I just, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't disagree that. with you. I, didn't, I never disagree with you on that. But, but see, because here's y'all the said, y'all, y'all said, how was he the third most? He was the WWE champion. Let's when see, I said it, y'all was cool. No match without him. Here's, here's well, the we, difference, we, we, though. We, we, first off, we just like that more. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the real, see, honestly, the see, real the difference, difference is G Baby is louder than Pat. G Baby is louder than Pat because I didn't hear Pat say <laughs> this that. Is, I this completely is, missed it. See, <laughs> the difference is, I can admit that the Miz was the third most important superstar in that match, but at the same time, admit that the Miz is still going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer and is still a great. Superstar. I don't just spend the rest of the time just trashing the Miz. Oh no, he will be a first ballot Hall of Famer for sure. I never disagree with that. I just said he's a big partner. Y'all got on my head. You 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 say that. You say that. He'll be first ballot. I agree. No, you say that, and then you continue to trash the Miz. Pat said it, and then and then he moved on because, like, yeah, he was third most important. Because it's Cena and The Rock. So you put you're in a feud with Cena Rock. You're gonna be the third most important person. So then, why didn't you have that energy when I said it? Because y'all was on my head about it. That's well, me. Well, speaking for me, That's all I wanted to address. Speaking for me, I love triggering people and I love pissing you off. And 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 it's like the chat blows up when you go crazy. So, I mean, it might happen again today. We talk about NXT. I push all the buttons on this subject. Oh, I mean, the I, other NXT, thing, we shouldn't have an issue. To be fair, I I, I never disagree with you on that. So uh, you ain't coming at me because I, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. I I never disagree with you. I was. You go, there you go, there you go, chat. Hello, but when I said it, it turned into a thirty-minute debate. Good guy, Malik. Good guy, Malik. To answer this question, greatest NXT champion of all time, I got Finn Balor. For me, it's Adam Cole. That's mine. Yeah, Adam Cole. If we're talking about a singular reign, Adam Cole. If we're if we're talking about multiple reigns, it is Finn Balor, but single single reign is Adam Cole. Since every everyone else, since everyone else is agreeing, I'm I'm going to shout out Gunther as the NXT UK champion. If he had had that reign, if he had agreed to come to the US and be a champion over here, it would have went the exact same way, I think. So, uh, shout outs to Gunther. Sir, shout out him, Walter. Do you, do you, do you say Adam Cole too? Oh yeah, yeah, Adam Cole, Adam Cole, Adam Cole. Okay, okay, okay. I didn't know what you. I didn't hear you say anything. All right, so let's dive into uh, we'll dive into the questions first before, before we forget. Cause I want to see everybody's answer. Just a little personal stuff before we dive into the NXT. Uh, to dive into the NXT topics, we're gonna answer to some little questions about NXT just for you guys get to know us better. You guys can interact as well. Uh, so we'll start with favorite NXT male and female superstar of all time on the NXT brand. 
talking just you know when they were in the, in the, in the hey. NXT brand. So uh, we'll start with Mister NXT himself, Lewis. We already know Johnny Gargano's on there, so let's <laughs> yeah. say Johnny Gargano for the males for the females. That's crazy. Is uh, I'm seeing uh, I'm going to Raw tomorrow and they announced Gargano in a tag match, so I'm going stupid. Uh, yes, my favorite NXT male <laughs> superstar of all time is Johnny Gargano, and he's by the, by the end of his career, he's going to overtake Christian as my favorite. But my favorite, whoa, 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 whoa. he going to be about Christian. He, well, most likely when he retires, he's going to be above Christian. Hold up, bro. Uh, I don't think I don't think y'all understand, bro. I've known Lewis for a long time, bro. This this man would has never put anybody over Christian in his life, bro. Johnny Gargano is going to be above Christian, bro. He could be. He could be. Just like how you said Roman could be, you know, you know, high on your limbs. It's the same way. Uh, I'm wasting too, I'm wasting too much time. Um, and my favorite uh, NXT female superstar of all time. Come on, man. The Queen of Spades, baby. It's the Queen of Spades. Shayna Baszler. See, man. see, you know what? Me and Lewis, we're gonna be on the same page. This it's Shayna Baszler. We're not gonna have no issues this show. We're gonna be, we gonna be I right like there. that. I like that. Uh Pat, what about you? Uh, for my favorite female, I also went with Shayna Baszler. I think that her run was incredible. Ain't gonna be, I mean, there's one person who could possibly touch it, but just as far as character-wise, came in, destroyed everybody, just you know, please, if anybody from WWE is watching, give her a chance on the main roster as a singles run. Please give do. Shayna because... a chance. Oh, we've been yeah. asking. That's what we've been asking for the last. You know, she gonna years. smoke Ronda after they tag team run. Don't worry, she gonna yeah. smoke her. Yeah. And uh, favorite male NXT superstar is Adam Cole. I mean, just kind of goes without saying. I've I've followed Adam Cole since Ring of Honor, Bullet Club. I was so sad when he got kicked out of Bullet Club because I didn't know he was going to NXT. And then when he showed up and attacked Drew, I was all for it. So, yeah, Undisputed Era. Oh, shit. Get my hands up. Mm. <laughs> uh, Nate, what about you, man? Favorite NXT superstar of all time. I was going to say Sami Zayn, but I wasn't really watching NXT like that. Only seen the one match, and he got caught up. Like He got caught up after, like, 2016. Uh, so I'm gonna go Velveteen Dream, bro. I know a lot of people don't like him today, but Dream back in the day, bro. Dream, Dream was him. He was him. Every one of his segments, every one of his promos, like I was glued to the screen. His match with Alistair Black is so freaking good. And Alistair says his name. Oh my god, such it's, an underrated it's, match. It is, it is peak, peak NXT. But anyway, female, I'm gonna go Shayna Baszler, but like everybody else, like come on, like that's the that's the person I want to see on the main roster. And the fact that she never had the best match, she had. All the time, the worst match on the card. Like, her matches were not that great. Like, they were basic, and that was it. But they didn't need to be anything special because she was a killer, and she made you believe that she could actually kill somebody. And that's what made her my favorite NXT female superstar. Asuka had the same uh, – she had she had the same aura about her, but I, I wasn't watching NXT at the time. I didn't start watching until about, like – Hey, 2018 is so Oscar was different, bro. That's Oscar was different though. Oscar was different. I was I only watched like a couple months and then my was, my uh, my little gift card expired for WWE. She was uh, she was so raw. They they didn't even have her lose the title. They just gave it up. She said, "Hey, yeah, bro, she was you? injured. She was I'm injured. Too, and she lost it. Bro. I'm, I'm too. And she, she gave it up. I'm too dope. Yeah. You know, to to to, to for NXT anymore. I'm coming up. So, uh, Jay, what about you? It's hard not to say Shayna Baszler. I just I Shayna Baszler is is one of the most believable killers in WWE history. Uh, but I do want to shout out NXT Bailey. Like to me, there's almost nothing better than the aura that Bailey created when she came out for a match and takeover after takeover after takeover, having the match of the night. Uh, my favorite male NXT superstar uh, of all time 
is Tommaso Ciampa, specifically post-DIY breakup Tommaso Ciampa, when he had the most nuclear of heat that I have ever seen in my entire life. He literally came out to the ring for, like, what, two or three months to a chorus of booze. That was his entrance music, was a chorus of booze. And then only because the booze came down a little bit, they had to give him entrance music. But my God, Goldie Champa, post-DIY breakup Champa, was some of the most entertaining television on NXT I've ever seen. I wanted to fight Champa myself. I ain't going to lie. Only in <laughs> um, he? So for me, it was so hard to pick a favorite because I felt like everybody was going to go Shayna. So for female, I definitely, Shayna for sure, I actually thought she put on elite matches, me personally. But I'm also going to give love to Io Shirai because I think her run towards the end of, you know, what we know as the black and gold NXT, I think Io Shirai was the best, second best maybe, women's wrestler on the planet at this time. Like, you couldn't have told me anything different. For men, um, Adam Cole is an obvious one. Again, everybody don't like him right now, but Everything they said about Velveteen Dream, I pretty much second. The Velveteen Dream was one of the few guys since I've really been like really, really into wrestling where I don't care what I'm doing. Like, because you know, sometimes you watch watch Raw, you watch SmackDown, you'll fast forward through some stuff. You know, really, that's the only time it's like, nope, I started from the entrance and I don't fast forward again until he's gone. Until like that, he was one of the few guys. And then Samoa Joe, because. Samoa Joe's always been my guy. Anytime Samoa Joe does something, I want him to be. I want him to be the champion for like five hundred days. I don't care. So Samoa Joe's my guy. You know Malik's favorite superstar ever is Bailey. You know Bailey that. is definitely for the for the girls for sure. Bailey's my favorite NXT superstar of all time. Not even just for women. Yeah. So in, in general, for for men and women. Uh, for the men, it it was Shinsuke Nakamura for a long time. But after thinking about it, I'm not gonna lie. I think Braun Breaker's up there for me, bro. He, take, he takes the spot for me. It's my favorite wow. superstar. Over time. Shinsuke? Over wow. NXT Shinsuke? Yeah. That's crazy. Braun, Braun That's Breaker, crazy. Braun Breaker takes my spot for my favorite NXT superstar. Well, it makes I sense. Mean, He's John Cena 2.0. So. He really is. But, I mean, Braun's been killing Listen, it. Listen, I like what Breaker's doing right now. Yeah, Bra- Braun's yeah, been cool, killing bro. it. I, I love what Braun he's Breaker doing. Braun Breaker's been like yeah. that. Yeah, because like, I even had the conversation with myself if I wanted to throw up Melo or Adam Cole because Melo just been – Nakamura was, was 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 my favorite for a long time for, for the males, uh, but uh, Braun Breaker his whole run NXT man. I don't know, I'm the greatest, I'm yeah. the best. Stand. Also, I just want to give a shout out to because he's not <laughs> he hasn't been ish on the main roster, but I just want to give a shout out to NXT Ricochet because he was killing it in NXT. I was going to say the same thing. Ricochet was must see TV every week he was on NXT, nice. like yeah. doing ridiculous yeah. stuff. Yeah. His team with. His feud with the dream where he front flips out the ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, last shout out I want to give, uh, because I just saw somebody say it and I think it needs to be appreciated more. Andrade. Oh, yeah. I loved Andrade. Andrade did good work. Loved Andrade. And again, that's one of those. And I I, I presume we're going to get into this topic later, so I won't spend too much time on it. But Andrade is is a prime example of the, the terrible side of NXT, guys who get so over and are so good and are so well booked on NXT, get to the main roster and they just crash into a wall. 
Um, and that we forget how good Andrade was during that run. He had what two five star yeah. Dave Meltzer matches when he was on yeah. NXT. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so yeah, definitely. <clears throat> yeah, Meltzer don't even know what he talked about half the time. Fuck Dave Meltzer. Yeah, damn right yeah. I'm talking to you. Fuck that Dave. male con- that male conversation was a lot harder than I thought. I don't, thought, I don't like disagree. I Oh yeah, I'm Meltzer. Yeah. But yeah, the the conversation was a lot harder for me than I thought because I thought Cole, I thought Ricochet, I thought Melo, I thought Alistair Black. Like there were so many people yeah, that like could have made this list. So, but like I said, I just Adam Cole, he's different. What about uh, someone who should have been NXT champion? You guys think in your eyes, someone who should have been the champion? Ricochet. <laughs> is it? I made a top five on that a while. Is it just? Ago. Is it just men or like period? Could be either one. Either one. I, I put Ricochet and the Dream. <laughs> Oh yeah, I I remember when I was on TikTok, I did make a video about it. I have two people in my in my head. Lewis, who do you have? Um, if I remember the five people that I named, one was Pete Dunn. Mm, um, that's a good one. Uh, th- this isn't in order, so that nobody's like, "What the fuck?" I remember one a name I had. It was Pete Dunn, um, Kyle O'Reilly, um, La Knight in the 2.0 era because he was over as fuck. Um, damn, who was, who was, um, fuck, fuck, fuck. Those are, those are the three I had. Um, I remember saying Richie Steamboat. I Richie should have been NXT champion, especially in his feud with Cassius Ono. Um, Cash oh, and Tyler Breeze. That was the fifth one I had. Yes, sir. Tyler Breeze. Oh, Tyler yeah. Breeze. Yes, sir. Shout out Tyler Breeze. Breeze was the number five. Yes, shout, shout out Breeze. But man, Cassius Ono yeah. is a name I have not heard in a long time. Oh, oh no. that's, the, that's the five I had. Oh, I don't remember no. if I if I did have Richie in the five, but that's the five I come up with right now. But those four for sure, I remember having that. Video. My two, my two were Tyler Breeze. My two were Tyler Breeze and Blair. I mean, I get that it was the time beyond the NXT women's roster. You had Ripley, you had Shayna, you know, um, you had EO, you had Dakota. It was really crowded when she was down there, and ult- ultimately things paid off for Bianca, right? Ooh. Um. But in the moment, I it drove me that Bianca never got the title when she was down there. So, yeah, Bianca and Tyler Breeze for sure. Somebody said Ty Dillinger. That would have been a good one, too. Ty Dillinger was over at one point. Uh, 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 Dijakovic and Black and Gold era. Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, I think if he got yeah. more yeah. time, Apollo Crews, they yeah. brought him up way too Wait. fast. Wait. I was like, he was oh, yeah. in NXT one week, and then NXT was on Monday Night Raw. And then and he never got the chance to develop his character. I think he would have been a, a great NXT champion. I think he would have been he would have been I mean, dominant. Look, look at what he's doing now. I think yeah. Apollo Cruz is doing Apollo Cruz right now in the NXT is doing the best work of his career, in my opinion. Yeah. All yeah. around. My, oh, my work, ring work, character work. He shouldn't get called up until he wins the NXT title. That's where Thanks. I'm at with him. He yeah. he deserves that, paying all his dues. I still don't fuck with how he got too old by Melo. I think if they That's didn't want Melo to get pinned or submitted, they oh, could yeah, just give a disqualification. Awful. They should just give a disqualification to Apollo. I didn't fuck with how he got swept. That was, that uh, was y'all didn't like that. I understand building up Braun and and Melo, but this is Apollo Cruz, a dude that you try to make look equal to Braun and Melo. You can't you can't sweep a guy like that. I mean, I understand, okay, if, so... was, I understand if this was a situation like Melo versus Grayson Waller, and you have him two zero. That's it's whatever. But Apollo Cruz, the guy that you try to build up as a as one of the main head superstars, bro. You don't. So I saw that. I guess for me, where it's different is even though I think what y'all said is right. I think Apollo Cruz is doing the, by far the best work of his career for sure, better than 
when he was a heel and like even that little U.S. title run when he was feuded with Hurt Business. I liked him then, but I think this is by far the best work of his career. And even then, I never looked at Apollo on that same level. Like I always felt like, all right, you're going to get your NXT title shot because eventually you're going to win the North American Championship. That's how I kind of looked at Apollo. Like, give him the NXT title shot because y'all set that up when he came back. So give him that. Lose to Melo. This gives Melo something because when Grayson Waller won, I didn't see that coming. I for sure thought that was Melo's match to win. So I was like, oh, that's actually genius. Give Grayson Waller the the match at Vengeance Day or whatever. Apollo can Apollo can feud with Melo for a little bit, and then because we know we're setting up for Melo to win. So I always felt like Apollo is getting geared to win the North American title. Maybe is like I, I don't I don't want to see him as a heel again, but unless Wesley, you know, I don't think they're gonna do it. I don't think they're taking the title Wesley off of him. Oh, right now, exactly. I don't think they're taking I don't think they're taking the title off of him anytime soon. So I definitely think Apollo was being groomed for the North American. I just never really so I guess that's where we differed. So I didn't mind the 2-0 because I never really saw Apollo on that level. That's just me, though. Somebody said in the comments, I want to mention Austin Aries. I actually forgot he's in NXT. For Austin Aries is a good uh, I ain't going to lie. Even though he was only there for a night, my boy James Storm, why, why'd you go? <laughs> why'd you go? Yeah. I'm going to say go? I'm gonna say another name, even because I feel like he got caught up way too early, too, but EC3, I think, would have been a great Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, I, I hear y'all. I hear y'all. If you, before you, we go... If you go, but I'm saying if you if you saw his run in Impact as champion, oh okay okay. Great. I mean I, I didn't, so I don't know. I just know what he got. EC3 was yeah. that guy, bro. Like yeah, yeah, this yeah. is how I felt about EC3. Out of all the Velveteen Dream matches, like when he was just putting over people, EC3 was the one match he actually won. Like that's how I kind of everybody else got put over except for EC3. So I never really really was an EC3 yeah. guy during that his, time. His run in NXT was. Oh, but it was yeah. definitely early though. You yeah. him getting called up, you're right about that. Real quick before we move on too much further, I just also I also need to make sure that that it gets acknowledged. Uh Bobby Roode's working in XT because he was so over and he was having great matches, and everything about his presentation was stellar. Um, yeah, we just got I, I want to make sure we remember Roode in that conversation. I, th- too, I think Bobby Roode's best match um mm-hmm. as NXT champion, <clears throat> in my opinion, was definitely his match. At Takeover Chicago against Hideo Watami, which that's another guy I felt like that should have been NXT champion. I feel like he was being groomed to be NXT champion, but the Andrews. bad thing about Hideo was he was too injury prone, man. Like right yeah. when they was getting ready to like give him that huge yeah. win, he just couldn't stay healthy, bro. It was bad for him. So let's well, first off before you dive into the good eras of NXT, did anybody here watch it when it was the game show when they first when they first made it the game show? Oh yeah, yeah. yes, yes, yeah. yes. What was everybody's sure. thoughts when it was the game show? So I mean. I don't, first off, I don't know if anybody is any familiar with most of those wrestlers who were on the independent scene at that time, but when they made it the game show, it was, I mean, this is 2010 we're talking about, so it was, it was a little interesting. It was different. I'm like, okay, it's something interesting. Uh, the game show was okay. Now, obviously, the aftermath when Nexus came, that shit was dope when they, when they yeah, brought right. the Nexus yeah. and everything. That, that was phenomenal, but. The game show, I feel like, was cool for that one season, and then after that, I feel like it digressed a lot. Like, a lot of people weren't really keeping up with it. They, they, uh, they had yeah. the game show in the second season, and they had the third season, you know what I'm saying? So, I kind of digressed a little bit, but uh, how did y'all feel about when it was the, the game show NXT? So, I'll, I'll just say real quick, because I'm not going to take very long, because Malik kind of said exactly what I was going to say. I think even not thinking about the Nexus part of it, I think the first season of it was actually good. 
the interactions between the coaches and, and the and the competitors and the the challenges they had. But the longer it went, the cornier it got. And by the end of it, it every time they had a segment involving the game show, I just wanted to pluck my eyes out. Bro, um, what? The, the longer it went, the worse it got. I can't remember the name. I can't remember the name of the dude, bro. But I, I, I it's one of the cringiest things I've ever seen. It was the dude he cut a promo on a mustache. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, uh, that was yeah. awful. And don't forget about the the genesis of McGillicuddy. Yep, yep, yep. It, starting Shout now, from this moment on, this starting now, starting now. And by so the way, e- Eli Cottonwood is the name you're thinking of, Malik. I think overall, that's the unfortunate part about the game show era is that we remember way more of the memes from that than we do oh the actual. God. We remember the kissing contest. We remember Lay Cool treating Cabal like their bitch. And we remember <laughs> the wheelbarrow race where Titus <laughs> O'Neill almost fell over. The and fact we remember- that Cabal won. With Lay yeah. Cool as his coaches was even that like, was literally his talk. Crazy. He literally rubbed his fucking head. It was weird. Yeah, the and fact I'm that Lay you pair if I didn't know anything about Low Key, like because I was like ten years old when he came to WWE. But looking back, bro, this this is the man that knocked somebody out cold in an independent match, and now Lay Cool is dragging him around by his balls. I, it baffles me. Like the things that happen. it's insane. You see the booking with Caval though. Um, they weren't doing bad with Caval. Like he had a couple matches on SmackDown, he lost, and then and then he pins Dolph Ziggler, beats Ziggler, and then he's like, I remember I won the game show, so I get an opportunity to face this was the time when Ziggler was IC champion. He was like, I remember I had an opportunity for the Intercontinental Championship. I just beat the Intercontinental Champion, so I'm gonna do it at Survivor Series. I felt like if they would have had him beat Ziggler that night, people would have taken the game show a lot serious because right there, you're you're further showing that, you know, whoever wins NXT is the future. They have a shot. Yeah. And and I'm sorry, Jay, but he should have beaten Ziggler that night if they were. No, if they I, really I agree. Make In retrospect, NXT I 100% agree. Yeah. If you look at it, honestly, if I'm not mistaken, nobody who ever won ended up turning out to be like they never pushed Wade Barrett to become champion. Bro, Daniel Bryan was Johnny, one who succeeded, and he didn't even win. Bro, bro Johnny Kurt, bro Johnny Curtis won, and him and R Truth was supposed to get tag title shots, and they never got it. They still haven't gotten it to this day. <laughs> Shout out, Dango. Maybe, okay, maybe, maybe, no, who who won the women's one that year? Was that Caitlin? She became Diva Champion and everything. She did all right. Yeah. She had a super slow burn to be Diva yeah, Champion. Yeah, At very. one point, she was Eve Torres's bitch. Yeah. She was getting owned yeah. by her every week. Yeah. But but can we can we shout out Michael Cole and CM Punk's commentary? That's all season season three. Three. Oh, oh my God. God. CM Punk's commentary <laughs> during this game show was or so... CM Punk did not oh care. Neither of them. Michael didn't care. The only person that cared was Josh Matthews. That's the only person that did not phone it in. Because he knew he knew he knew he probably wouldn't get fired. Exactly, exactly. CM Punk like CM Punk like I'm just ready to get back in the ring at this point. (laughs) I posted on Twitter like y'all thought y'all think Michael Cole's unhinged now, bro. His stuff on NXT, like (laughs) NXT Redemption, he literally said this this show was a waste. I wasted an hour of my life. This is the worst writing I've seen. I was like, bro, oh my, like he just didn't care. And the crowd didn't care anyway. No one cared. I don't I think, cared. Because I was watching 
Derek Bateman and Johnny Curtis's wedding, the acting was so over the top. You can tell they were just they were just doing whatever. Like it was just like, I'd oh, always me. die every time they put Brodus Clay into athletic challenges and like <laughs> he was struggling. They said like I remember there was this obstacle course um, that him and Johnny Curtis were doing. And it was like a beer pong thing where you had to put the where you had to put uh, uh, the ball inside the cup, bro. He kept bouncing it off the table and missing, and he went off script, took the balls and went. <laughs> he threw it into the cup. No, it was after after he missed like the oh, seventh time. Man. The ref was like, the ref was like, bro, this you know you don't have to you know you don't have to bounce the ball off the table, right? And he was like, fuck this. <laughs> I remember that. I remember the. The backstage promo, I think it was after Johnny Curtis got called up and he's they go around and he's painting. He's all, this is me painting myself in a corner. I'm not going to do that anymore. Like, what is going on? I mean, he did become Fandango, but I'm still... I don't remember where when the, where this match took place, what season of it it took place, but I remember there was a there was a women's tag team match on the NXT game show that took place on Raw or SmackDown, and Michael Cole tore that shit apart for the entire match. I don't remember. It was like something else was bothering him and he just took it out on that that women's back. He tore that thing apart. And it's so... Oh my god. That shit was crazy. NXT, the game show was just... Oh my god. It was... Listen, that first season was cool. But even in that first season, though, like it's still kind of crazy. The fact Daniel Bryan didn't even win, though, it was like, That's right. bro, yeah, now bro. fuck this. I gotta well, fight somebody. Who, now, somebody bro. for somebody who didn't like watch Ring of like again as a kid, my parents ain't really watching. So all I know is WWE. I used to. I would, I would, Daniel Bryan getting eliminated like off the rip. I think it was like the first or second one. Me as a kid, I'm like, yeah, you know, oh boy, mid. You know what I mean? And obviously, you go back, you go look at the other stuff. So, in hindsight, it's like, dang, y'all did Daniel yeah. Bryan like that. Like, yeah. like, shout out to Heath Slater, who I think lasted the longest. Well, other than Daniel Bryan. Lasted the longest out of that Nexus group. But in yeah. hindsight, I'm like, bro, why is Heath Slater? But and, I do want to. And Husky Harris lasting longer yeah. than Daniel Bryan, bro. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are we doing? Michael Tarver. I, oh my I god, like I remember again every week. I hey, like Michael Tarver. Real quick though, for a little bit. Real quick though, now Michael Tarver, now Monster Tarver spits bars. Go look up Monster Tarver on TikTok. He's, a, he's now a he's a Christian, Christian rapper. rapper. Yeah, he's a Christian he's, rapper. He's actually uh, really good. He's I, I heard him years really back, solid. and I said, "This is cheeks." I, nah, I said, man. "At least you're doing it for the Lord, brother." Because this is nah, cheeks. man. Go go listen to some of his new stuff, have, man. He's uh, actually really solid. <laughs> Two things, real quick, about that original season one cast, though. First of all, I just want I just want to brag a little bit. Skip Sheffield, right back. He has he has me blocked on. Uh, on <laughs> I, so I just want yes, I just want to call that out. I yes, say he got me blocked. Uh, in fact, Malik, Malik, our very first interaction on TikTok was when you made a video talking about how they dropped the ball with, with Ryback, and I stitched yeah. it and disagreed and said, no, even if WD hadn't dropped the ball, he was going to suck anyway. It was right after that when he blocked me. And then number two, <laughs> number two, Wade Barrett, looking back, I think we all agree that, you know, talent-wise, Daniel Bryan far and away should have won season one. But Wade Barrett, it took a while to get there, but that peak Wade Barrett, when he was bad news, Barrett in like oh, 2014, 2015. My God, he, he they, they announced that he's going to be That's part of the downloadable content for 2K23, and I'm so stoked for it. And, and, and I'm if so you, stoked. 
And if you're OG, you know about the JBL and Cole show and Bad News yes, Barrett sir. on the JBL and Cole show. Yeah. When they put that on TV, I was so happy. Oh my but god! Even though, even realistically, though, if you look at the Nexus era, like he he had potential, and they're like they, they oh, just yeah. They, yeah. they just ruined the Nexus. He should have. All they had oh to do god. was win at SummerSlam, and I get bro, it. If I bro, if I could have fantasy yeah. booked this shit, bro, oh my god! But if so when John Cena joined, ruin it. bro, when John Cena yes. joined the Nexus, bro or joined the nexus and wade barrett had his um opportunity to face randy orton i believe what was it at tlc bro bro i would have thrown the wwe title on wade barrett i would have thrown the world title on john cena i would have thrown the tag titles with um uh with with slater and gabriel bro if they would have done that shit the nexus could have been an all-time great faction bro if they did that shit and within that, you could have built somebody else up to take down the Nexus and try to not you mean, match you mean Cena. Like, you, mean like, you, mean like, you mean like the new Nexus? They could have built up. should have the core. We should have got the core to take down the Nexus. Nah, that's crazy. You talk about Cena. New Nexus when he was sacrificing people. Did or when they tried to make uh, the, the new Nexus wasn't that bad though. I'm not gonna hold no, it. Was it was trash. Yeah, when they tried to make Batista 2.0 with Mason Ryan. Ryan, Mason Ryan, crazy, bro. Mason Ryan was me. They brought in Mason so Ryan. Bad. They brought in. They brought in Husky oh. Harris. They brought in Michael McGillicuddy. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. For me, the new Nexus wasn't as bad. Mason Ryan was made. You know what's crazy? If you go back and look at it, you know two OGs destroyed both groups. John Cena single handedly destroyed. The original Nexus and Randy Orton destroyed the new Nexus. Go. Uh, hold on, I, I got the clip for y'all right here. <laughs> so it's it's Brodus Clay bouncing, and then the ref is telling him, "Bro, you don't have to bounce it, bro." And then he keeps doing it, and the ref is like, "Bro, stop bouncing oh. it." And then like, <laughs> 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 he, just, he just took he just took all the golf balls and just tossed that shit, man. Right, that is your NWA World Champion, everybody. Oh man, <laughs> Star The fact that that's it. Uh, so let's we move out of the the, oh, the game show God. era and we get Shout into out Maxine too. Sorry, I just, we get I out of the game show era and move into you know the the brand <laughs> era of NXT under the guidance. Uh, so I'm gonna let Lewis take the ball here because he started. Well, he was watching this shit from from the start, so I wouldn't. Well, I started watching next season 2014. So you can take this from the beginning. You know, so I know they had a little tournament with Seth Rollins and everything. So you you can take us as far as you want in the beginning. Yeah. So um, so at the beginning when I uh, uh obviously started at the end of SCW transitioned to NXT, uh, Richie Steamboat was FCW champion, and I didn't. Like, I didn't know if they were going to make an NXT title and give it to Richie since he was the last FCW champion. But going into the to the startup of NXT, normally when you watch a brand, you don't, you know, you would you would obviously know, like, you know, you know, like when AEW first started, we know who, you know, who the top dogs are going to be. It was going to be like Kenny, the Bucks, uh, Jericho, and everybody else would have been a surprise. We, we really didn't get that vibe in the beginning of the NXT era. It was just pretty much... Um, who can race to the top first, who can impress who more. And um, in the tournament, honestly, I thought Jinder was winning just because um, I knew Jinder from the main roster and he was soloing everybody when he first got to the main roster and I thought he was going to be NXT champion. Um, uh, but turned out to be Seth Rollins. I mean, I obviously watched Tyler Black and Ring of Honor, but I didn't, I didn't think they were actually going to push an independent wrestling star 
you know, in WWE since it's not that known that they do that. So for Seth Rollins to do that, Seth Rollins as NXT as the first ever NXT champion was cool, but it he was pretty much bland at this uh, at this point in time, him being as a babyface because it really wasn't much to work with. Okay on the mic, in ring skills. We knew Tyler Black could work, but NXT back then was so limited with their match time and their match quality that he really didn't get to show much. So it wasn't until they formed the Shield, and the Shield was also kind of weird because you're bringing in Roman Reigns, who was pretty much a businessman or a businessman gimmick, and then you had Dean Ambrose, who was Regal's bitch in FCW, and then you have them, and then you have, you form them together, and it really worked out well for Seth Rollins because. Dean Ambrose was the mouthpiece. Roman Reigns was the muscle, and Seth Rollins had the ability to show off what he could do. So they showed a lot more, um, more for Seth Rollins and how great Seth Rollins can eventually be inside the WWE. And then obviously the Shield just taking over, like the Shield once they went onto the main roster and they won the titles. Like Dean Ambrose defended the United States title on NXT uh, against uh, Neville, and you know those three guys they were pretty much the focal point of the future of what NXT was supposed to be and what it was going to be. And uh, they helped put a lot of, I wouldn't say put a lot of eyes, but they helped put notice that, you know, that they're willing to push guys from NXT. Um, guys like Cassius Ono and Richie Steamboat. Um, like I said, I thought Richie Steamboat, sorry that I'm talking so much, guys. I'm going to I'm gonna chill out. But uh, with, with, with Richie Steamboat, um, I came to later realize that it was injuries that was holding him back. Because Richie Steamboat at this time was the most loved babyface. Richie Steamboat at this time was the most um, over guy on the brand, considering he was FCW champion. And Cassius Ono, he helped Cassius Ono be the most hated heel, um, singularly. And then um, around this time, they were trying to get their footing, I remember. And then the Shield, obviously, when they happened, uh, when they happened, they just, the Shield was all about creating more stars. So what Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins do on the main roster, they were doing that in NXT. They were helping create stars. The Shield was helping create stars. What was the main star that they created? Biggie fucking Langston. They created Biggie. They helped create Biggie Langston. The Biggie Langston doesn't get an NXT title run. Hell, Biggie doesn't get to where he is without the Shield forming, without the Shield dominating, and without Biggie going over and showing that he's the most imposing figure in NXT and he's more imposing than the Shield. And the Shield helped make stars. So he needs five. That's why. Because he, he needs five. five. I'm sorry. I'm talking so much, guys. Well, I'm sorry. Let me, no, no, let no, me, let me jump in. Let me jump in because I want to. I want to make a point real quick, Lewis. Um, and obviously, you're you're the absolute expert on the other days of NXT. But I I wasn't watching it religiously at the time. But I, I was in it. I was the I was an admin in a Facebook group called Intelligent Wrestling Talk, and it was just a bunch of nerds that talked about wrestling twenty four seven. And it, it group had hundreds, thousands of members. It, it went for years before it finally slowed down. But I will say that at the time, like Lewis said, even though the early days of NXT were very limited on, on time and what they could do in the ring, there was still this indescribable buzz around NXT because you got to think about where Raw and SmackDown were at the time. Raw and SmackDown, even the early days of NXT were even pre-Pipe Bomb, right? So the Pipe Bomb hadn't even happened yet. And... The Raw, Raw and SmackDown at the time were net deep in the PG era. Like, my God, everything that happened on TV was so whitewashed and so watered down. Um, the most popular people at the time that were on the main roster were guys that came from elsewhere outside of WWE, like Punk and Brian and Jericho. Those were the guys. No one wanted to see Cena at the time. No one wanted to see Orton. 
Everyone wanted to see these guys that were so when when WWE created this third brand that was almost entirely made up of guys from outside WWE. And when we started getting the 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 buzzes that Vince McMahon wasn't in charge of this, it was like, oh shit, oh my god. You mean WWE is gonna put out something watchable? Like what? Um so I think the NXT was able to get a foothold early on, even though maybe the the quality wasn't as great early on because of that general excitement about being something different than what Raw and SmackDown were offering, which was so whitewashed and so neck deep in the PG era. I think I think NXT, the early stages of NXT, like I look back at the early stages of NXT and I would think like, man, if I if this wasn't a WWE product and shit like that, if this was just a regular promotion, I'm not tuning in. But it was something about it being a WWE product. And not to mention, they already had the loyal fan support from Florida Championship Wrestling because they transitioned into that. That's what they replaced it with. And one thing that I truly appreciate about the beginning stages of NXT is they realized, you know, we can't keep bringing up Raw and SmackDown superstars to NXT to have matches. And then hopefully, you know, stars are eventually be born. Like, you know, they did that with CM Punk and Seth Rollins. Um, they brought Randy Orton down here with Damian Sandow a couple Cesaro. times and shit like that. Cesaro. So one thing I truly appreciate <laughs> is they realize if we want to make people stars in NXT, we have to use our guys to help elevate the other guys. Yeah. And when the shield came into play, that's what jump started. Hey, we can make our own homegrown talent. We can make our own stars. We can go ahead and, you know, we can produce people in the future. Like I said, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, the shield. And then without the shield, we don't get Biggie Langston going up. And then without Biggie Langston, we don't get the underdog story of Bo Dallas. And then Bo Dallas transitioning into a cocky heel because he beat a dominant figure like Biggie Langston. We don't get these things. And honestly, it all starts with the shield. Pretty much it all starts with the shield, just being that damn good at making stars and how young they were. Yeah, that's what I really loved about the early days of NXT. Like, of course, you had the the people like like Brian and things like that, but the the homegrowns were allowed to almost like experiment, I guess you would say. You know, try things that worked and try things that didn't. And I, and it was so long ago that we forget. So, of uh, you know, just a couple of those people that either are gone now or have transitioned into not being as great, but like. I mean, like, for example, like uh, Enzo and Cass back then were super yeah. over. Uh, even back in early NXT, Baron Corbin, Lone Wolf gimmick was super over. And so they were allowed to just try these different things that they wouldn't be allowed to try under Vince on the main roster. That it built, like Jade was saying, it built like this isn't normal main roster television. This is something that we can tune into. And it helped build that loyal core fan base. And that's one of the things I really, really love. I mean, it's still kind of that way now with 2.0, but Black and, Black and Gold going backwards peak, like they had that core fan base, almost like an indie fan base that just made every superstar so much more over and so much more popular that by the time they got to the main roster, everybody was expecting, well, because of what they were in NXT, they need to be something important. And obviously, in hindsight, that only worked like 10% of the time. But just seeing those people, I remember <clears throat> I remember very specifically sitting on my couch with my dad watching wrestling the night that Enzo and Cass debuted and watching that audience come unglued. And I had been watching NXT, so I was super hyped, but my dad, who's a casual, was like, who are they? I was like, oh, get ready. Get ready. You're about to find out who they are. Especially I think I think from the early stages of I'm gonna I'm gonna call it white mat, because that's what they had in the beginning. I'm the early stages of white mat NXT. 
um, when you had the shield being called up on Survivor Series, um, you guys, you guys, you guys were probably like, yo, like, like, who the fuck is this? Like, like, who the, like, I don't know who the fuck these guys are. Let me just get these people off my TV. Malik was probably like, I want Cena to win. What the fuck they doing? You know what I'm saying? But, but you hear that these guys are from NXT and, the, and then they're so booked dominantly on the main roster. It's like, okay, let me, you know, that's how they got viewers to NXT. Like, okay, let me, these guys are cool as shit. They're putting on bangers. Now let's check out NXT and, then, you know, <coughs> check out the early white mass stage of NXT. Richie Steamboat, Cash Sono, Biggie Langston, uh, the early stages of the Ascension. You got guys like Damian Sandow still down there just developing. And, and now you finally get your viewers that the Shield attracted. And then now, you can finally build more homegrown talent for people to be like, all right, who's this, who's this, who's this, who's this, as if they're a regular Ron SmackDown viewer, which was great for NXT at the time because they didn't have any big names. Yeah. You know, like Tyler Black was probably the biggest name that they got, but, you know, not everybody watches indie wrestling. I, like, I knew who Tyler Black was, but yeah, um, it, it was such a, it's yeah. such a, it's such a big thing because later on down the line, people who watch just strictly NXT, um, they bring in a new guy and they're like, oh, I think i knew that guy from somewhere i think i know that other guy from somewhere so they're bringing in talent from all over the world and just helping to build yeah. up which was amazing yeah. i also think another thing that helped in early nxt a lot is they had to get their superstars over and their point across in an hour it was yeah. short it was yeah. sweet so they're like okay we need to put on good matches we need to do good promos it all needs to be clear and concise there's no filler here because we only have an hour to do it right. and like i said it took it took a feeling out process but because you can see in some of those early pro like one of my favorite early promos was uh early and i we you know we just talked about but early big cast and enzo and big cast is cutting a promo and enzo is just behind him nodding and like repeating what he's saying and then he talks about them being uh hard tacos like yeah because we're hard tacos not s-a-w-f-t soft tacos and it's hilarious now looking back in hindsight but it wasn't like peak enzo and that's a feeling out process but just little character notches and things like that help build so many same thing when you look at the four horsewomen and becky was not becky <laughs> becky was yeah she was she was doing the irish jig when she came out and you know like i said the feeling out process took what it did but because they had the loyal fcw fan base and the full sale fan base and that time that it was like okay we're gonna give these guys time to build and they did that and it, i mean nxt became we all talk about how by the time Black and Gold came around, NXT wasn't developmental. It was a third yeah. brand. Yeah, it was the Black Sheep third brand, but it was still a third brand. And for a lot of people, it was the brand that mo a lot of people preferred over Raw and SmackDown just because of all of the great things were coming and, on. I'd say and, of course, I, 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 I saw, obviously, I, I'm like, I didn't watch it when it first came out, but I've gone back. Um, I just want to give some love to NXT now because I know a lot of people – tuned out, turned off. Pretty much after Samoa Joe won, we knew there was a reports. They're going to take these next four weeks, then they're going to change it. We, we knew we knew what it was. We knew the writing on the wall. Triple H was gone. Vince took over. Um, For those people, if you're watching the show right now, you watch it on replay. If you guys have not watched NXT the entire way, I think NXT needs to get a little bit more love than it does because even though we were annoyed, because, oh, the guys we like are not going to get used. They know we're going to get a situation like a Vaughn Wagner in the Fatal 4-Way first night. Like, that's going to happen. Tuesday. But if you watch, because I've, I've, I haven't stopped. I have not stopped. I've watched I've either. 16. Yeah, I haven't either. Yeah. The stories are the same. The quality of story 
the consense the the concise storytelling that we got is still the same. Yeah. It's just unfortunately the women's quality matches have gone down. Like unfortunately, it's it you can notice you don't have the Eel Shirai, Candice LeRae, Bianca Belair. You don't have that quality of talent all sitting in a ring. I mean, all sitting in a locker room anymore. Right. So you had to you had to get through the the early Electra Lopez matches and the Valentina Ferrosses. You just had to get through that. You uh, I, I even think they had B Fab wrestle one time and then they, they had never B Fab and Electra Lopez in a no DQ match. Yeah, yeah like you. So you had to kind of get through that. Yeah. But, but you look at the stories as a whole. Yeah. You look at the way they tell stuff. It's the same. It's yeah. just now, like it's just now. I think, and one thing I also want to credit is that NXT crowd because I think after week one, week two, they were kind of uh, and I like I, it's almost as corny. I almost feel like they had a meeting and said, you know what? It's not their fault. NXT is looking like this. So the same energy we gave before, let's give it now, and it's helped tremendously. And I'll go hold you. <clears throat> Andre Chase is my favorite right now. Andre Chase I, is a dog. Genuinely, and I genuinely feel that's because of the crowd. Like yeah. there's there's not many things I've physically watched that gave me goosebumps. The Dudley's return, goosebumps. Enzo Enzo and Cass debut, goosebumps. That chase you chant the first time I heard it, and then when they did it in the arena, when they went back to the arena, goosebumps. And that's to, that's to credit to the crowd. Like the stories they're telling are still great. It's just yeah. unfortunately they had to go back to development. But I think look- 2.0 and white mat era are very similar because, like you said, a lot of people's favorites or people that they know weren't going to be used the same way or at all anymore. But I think what, like the main thing that I love about the NXT crowds is they give everything a chance. Uh, it's not like main roster crowds. Like they see one thing, they're like, ah, fucking get this shit off my fucking TV. Like the first time the chase you shit happened, bro. Like if that shit was on, if that shit was on the main roster, Andre Chase would be would be getting dragged on Twitter all like the whole time until he's gone. But they gave it a chance, and it's finally over, and it's actually catchy. I think that's something the NXT fans do well is they give some shit a chance. And we and we were back in this era where it's developmental, and now we have to give this shit a chance. We have to let these guys develop, let them find their footing. The same way we did in the beginning for guys like Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, Roman, Big E, and, and shit like that. Right. Go ahead. I think people, I think people just gave up on it because it was a Vince McMahon reinvention. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, but then when we realized – what I realized early on is that, okay, Vince changed it, but he's still not. He's still not doing nothing. These stories are still good. And and last point that I want to say to that, because to to what Lewis just said, like people still got to develop. Yeah, I'm not gonna hold you. I don't think Roxanne can cut a promo yet. She's not. She she's getting there. I don't think she cut a promo yet. It still feels very developmental. Is I don't think Soul Ruka could cut a pro like a real true promo yet. It's compared to the rest of NXT's women, it's good. But main roster, she would get destroyed. You know what I mean, but <clears throat> without this developmental, so Ruka's over just because of her finisher. Like, if we really keep it above, she's a great athlete. That finisher is OD. Roxanne has been able to connect with the crowd, not to the same level, but almost Bailey Hugger type. Not to the same level, but she's almost like a Bailey Hugger type where people Ooh. just want to root for her as that baby face is here to do good. It's not the same level, though, obviously. Bailey Hugger was a completely different thing. But we we look at that, and then even <coughs> even, even uh on the men's side too, we knew Carmelo Hayes was going to be nice because he was he was on the way in the black and gold era. Yeah. They just changed it when he got there. Mm-hmm. Like I still I still 
am upset that we never got Carmelo Hayes Adam Cole too. I'm still yeah. upset about that. Yeah. that so like we knew, game. I knew he was coming. You know what I mean? But like you look at guys like who I think have really like Grayson Waller. He surprised me because I thought he was just gonna be that annoying heel that kind of like, hey, get off my screen. But he's actually, I mean, I'm engaged in what he does. You got guys um like to a lower extent too. I'm not gonna hold you. Dabakato, I know he hasn't done much yet, but you yep. can just see the wonders that that performance center is doing for him. Like he just feels mm. different. It like you could like some guys you could just tell, and it feels different. And I think mm. I think COVID obviously, you know, it was a pandemic. You know, a lot of people lost people. We never wanted that to happen. But if you're gonna make a positive out of it, I think NXT, you know, having to be in the performance center and having to really focus on developing again, I think it's just gonna do wonders because yeah. we got spoiled. We got I, all of us got spoiled. Yeah, Jade, you said it in a, Jade, you said it in like episode one or two. You said NXT uh, in its peak was one of the best things or one of the worst things that ever happened because we got great TV, great quality, but we got spoiled. And now that we're going back to developmental, I think it's just going to do wonders all across the board. And you can still bring in like a dragon lead. You know, and you can still bring in uh other like I mean, obviously Jay White's not going to NXT no more because Triple H is running the main show, but you could still bring in those guys, but focus on the developmental. And I think NXT I, is really I in a great right spot. Yeah, I, I think what uh, uh my bad. Go ahead, Pet. I talked enough. I was gonna say like I like I think like I agree with what G Baby saying, but I agree with you saying that that building process that the, the core fans are giving everybody is very similar to how it was in the early days because. When we when we talk about black and gold peak, well, you know, when NXT was at its highest or whatever, when you really, really break it down, when you think of the, the big name superstars, Gargano, Champa, Cole, everybody like that, it was basically at that point, it wasn't a, I mean, it was a WWE thing still, but it also kind of wasn't because those guys weren't WWE homegrown talent. It was another indie show, yeah. at least in my opinion. And so yeah, now that we've, now that we, when NXT, 2.0 started and people realized, oh, well, all of our favorite guys aren't there. I mean, some of them were there for a little bit, but all of our favorite guys aren't there anymore. Well, we're going to tune out. Well, if you go, like I said, uh, G-Baby said it perfectly. They gave everything a chance. And Braun has, I was, I'm not going to hold you. I was not high on Braun when he came out. I was, thought he was bland. I thought he was trying too hard to be his, his pops. Like I was not, but just watching him grow as a champion, seeing the things he's able to do, actually hearing him getting able to talk and cut a promo. Carmelo Hayes, Grayson Waller, Andre Chase. Uh, I, I like Roxanne. I do. I, I I know she needs a little bit more building. But again, I'm I'm willing to give it a chance. You know, just that that building process and seeing these people because 2.0 started what a year and some change ago. Almost two years. About two years. Yes, we're approaching two years. We're approaching okay. two years. So we're coming up on. So we're coming up on two years, and we're starting. Well, we're not starting, but like now we're seeing that these guys and girls are capable of being great. They're capable of doing great things. You just have to give them time to get there. And that's what I think fans need to realize. It's not going to be Adam Cole, Aleister Black, and Johnny Gargano every week. These are new building superstars. Give them a chance to build. Give them a chance to be great and let them show. If they fail, they fail. Then you'll have another Bull Dempsey on your hand and he'll be gone. But if you let Bull them build. Over, man. You know so, what I'm so, so we've. I think we've gotten ahead of ourselves a little bit. I want, I want to go back. 
And I want to, I feel like I want to, I want to go back and I want to continue the timeline through NXT. I think there's still some interesting stuff to be had back there, but real quick, Nate, I know you said that you didn't really watch it. Do you, I mean, I just haven't heard from you. Do you have any follow-up? Was there anything you took away from the early days? I just want to make sure we don't. The early, early days of NXT. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was just going to say about 2.0. I appreciate them bringing back gimmicks. Like not everyone's just a wrestler. Like even if the gimmicks are corny, like at least someone has a character, which I realized, which everyone was seeing like the first like few months of NXT, like whether it was a Tony D'Angelo or they were changing Saray to like this schoolgirl gimmick. I'll, a lot of people were getting mad, but I was like, dude, you're giving these people like characters to build around. Like you can have mm-hmm. these goofy, like the, the Legato del Fantasma versus uh, whatever Tony D'Angelo family. Yeah, the D'Angelo family. Yeah, like family. You, you have I a was chance. Yes, you have a chance to make a story like that with those type of characters and have these crazy vignettes where people are getting kidnapped and put in the trunks. And I'm like, yes, that's what wrestling needed more of. That's what mm-hmm. WWE needed more of because a lot of guys were just, oh, I'm a wrestler. Guys, my name, my name is, no, no offense to Adam Cole. Adam Cole is amazing. But it's like, my name is Adam Cole. I'm great at wrestling. That's, what, great, that's how which, I definitely describe Adam Cole, yo. It's like, it's it like some him. people don't He's need to It's like some people don't need to. That's how it's like in sometimes wrestling. There's just some certain guys who really don't need a character, and right. Gargan- Gargano and Adam Cole fall into that category because they're just wrestlers. Champa, Champa was the black yeah. heart. Champa had a yeah, character. He did. That man was obsessed. Yeah. Um, Jade, if I may, Jade, if I may, real quick, three things I want to say. Yeah. Number one, yeah. Um, if let's just continue pouring love on 2.0. I don't think uh, this this is top two. I think there hasn't been an like any better career resurgence what they have done with wesley from wesley Pass. winning oh, yeah. the nxt tag titles the second time with nash carter i thought he was done bro his partner getting released i was that's malik i was yep. i was a huge wesley fan then and like i've been i've been riding I with for my sure dog. thought he was done. i've been riding with my dog everybody thought wesley was done then he was then he was doing the stupid like boxing thing with trick williams and shit and then he started getting momentum he started building up fan support wins a fan poll goes against carmelo hayes Carm- and then they do this story, like Nate said, Carmelo Hayes is threatened. He knows the kind of guy Wesley is. Takes out Wesley. That's bringing on more fan support for a guy like Wesley. Shout out to Carmelo Hayes, who knows how to work crowds, too, and has, has so much IQ. Wesley Carmelo got so miss. over North American champion is having a run of a lifetime. Number two career resurgence, Duke fucking Hudson. Nobody knew what the fuck Duke Hudson yeah. was doing. He got his head shaved by Cameron Grimes. He had a poker gimmick. He threw him with Chase U and made Chase U even bigger. Chase and that U only happened over. because the other guy got fired. That's literally yeah, the only reason that Chase U got, got over. Duke yeah. Hudson got over. They both got over with each other. And Chase U was amazing. I hope Duke, I hope they get tag titles or Duke gets a North American title. They break up. They have a feud for a title, something. They all deserve it. And number three, we often hear wrestling all the time. Like, you know, guy like AJ Styles, you know, he would he couldn't hang with King Kong Bundy back in the day. You know, we like old heads say the most random shit, right? I heard a lot of people say these 2.0 guys, they couldn't hang with the black and gold guys. The thing that I loved about 2.0, what they did perfectly is shown that the 2.0 guys, the four guys that they chose, Waller, D'Angelo, Breaker, and Melo, that they could hang with the top four guys that they chose for black and gold. Gargano, Ciampa, um, uh, uh, Dunn, and LA Knight. They showed that 
you guys can hate on hate on us all you want, but them boys proved these young bulls proved that uh proved that they can hang with the black and gold era guys. And they did a phenomenal <laughs> job of doing that. Braun Breaker Absolutely. had an amazing showing, showing that he's the next top dog. Carmelo Hayes showing that he's he's that heel that's willing to do whatever it takes. Tony D'Angelo around this time, he was still building up the character. Grayson Waller showing that he's willing to risk it all. Like these guys had character developments in the black and gold. Um, in that black and gold match, but they showed that in ring wise, they can hold their own. They can put on a match. They can put on a story and that disrespect has to stop. Yeah, I agree. I also also think real quick, and I'll let you go, Jay. I just want to say this real quick. I think WWE is very, very smart by sending down main roster talent for small micro feuds. And I know that, you know, you can make the argument about whether the main roster people should win or lose, but personally, as much of a ricochet fan as I am, it was perfectly justifiable in the storyline for Melo to be Ricochet. Grayson going against AJ Styles, a little bit different. I understand why they put Styles over, but just having, in storyline purposes, having AJ Styles recognize Grayson Waller puts more eyes on Grayson Waller. You know, I, I was very confused when they let Dolph win the NXT championship, but just to show that, you know, I was hypocritically okay with that. But just as I mean, again, we we, we mm-hmm. everybody has their well, except for Jade, everybody can take their digs at Dolph. But Dolph is he's great in the ring and he's solid. He's a former world champion and things like that. So when you have him win that, and then you can still have somebody like Braun take down a former world champion, even though he's you know sort of declined over the years, like that still proves that they're doing something. Like to Lewis, Lewis's w- credit, WWE also knows the right time when to stat pad because Braun Breaker, when he was NXT champion, his first run, it was cool, it was all right, but it was something about Dolph being champion and people just hating Dolph. Like he was getting booed when he got into the 2.0 arena, just getting booed. Not he gave man. LA Knight a chance. LA Knight was great. Beard uh, Dolph is great, great man. man. But Dolph, Dolph being booed, and then it's like, who's gonna beat Dolph? And then you got the former NXT champion, like, hey, how you doing? I'm right here, and that just catapulted Braun, two-time NXT champion, about to be a year. It's great, man. Yeah, it's great. For so him. If, hey, man, but if shout, it's all- shout out Beard Dolph. <laughs> yeah, go if, ahead, Jay. Okay, I know we kept cutting you off, man. Yeah, go ahead, Jay. We'll fine. let you get to it. Fine. Now, listen, we, we were gonna have to talk about 2.0 eventually. Now, if it's okay with Malik, we've talked about the beginning. Now we've talked about the end, right? We've covered modern day 2.0 NXT. So now, I'll, if it's okay with you, Malik, I want to take us back and I want to start connecting the dots. So, and I'll let I want to, and, and I want to toss it back to Lewis. I want Lewis to start this conversation again. I think yeah, that's I talk too much, man. Let's start. hand it to Nate but for a no, little bit. Man. This year episode, well, man. So, this is this is so your who, shit. Man, this is NXT, man. Yeah. So, so yeah, but no, I want you to start, Lewis, because again, you've been there since the beginning. You're yeah. the most passionate about it. So I think we're all we all defer to you to start the conversation. So, so Lewis, what were your what was going through your mind at the time as we transitioned from, okay, NXT is made up of all these FCW guys that were already here. And right. then we went into what I would call the indie influx era where suddenly the top guys were coming in from outside Shinsuke, Owens, Zayn, um, uh, uh, Samoa Joe, Adam Cole was kind of the last big one to happen. So how do you compare the indie influx era to the beginnings? Was it, I mean, as far as like, I guess obviously success wise, it was better because that's when most everybody started watching NXT is when all these big guys started coming in. But um, at the time, how did you feel about the shift in prerogative for them? Well, at the time, at the time um, when they were bringing in a lot of this indie talent, well, I'll try to connect the dots later on, but the indie talents that we had, that was, that was like really getting over was obviously Sami Zayn and, and Neville, which was, 
El Generico and Pac. Now, um, I remember first watching Sami Zayn, especially when he was starting uh, getting really over. I'm watching Sami Zayn. I'm like, what the fuck they chanting Ole, Ole, Ole? Because, you know, a kid like me, I've watched so much wrestling, but, like, I'm, I'm so dumb, I couldn't connect the dots. And then I'm like, this motherfucker looked like El Generico. I said, I said this look like El Generico. And then I did research. I said, hold on. Same beard, same chest hair, same move. I said, it's El Generico. And then I went on Wikipedia. I said, oh, shit, it's El Generico. Same no, it's El not. Generico. It's not. El Generico went to an orphanage. He's in Mexico. Right now. <laughs> no, but, no, so, yeah, so to, like, add on to that. I mean, NXT was the same thing. I remember the first yeah. time I started watching when, shout out to Mr. Floyd, if you ever see this, my teacher when I was in high school. He's the one who's like, we, we, he's a big wrestling fan like me, and we would always talk wrestling. And he was showing me, he was talking about this match. He was talking about Sami Zayn versus Cesaro, the two out of three falls match at NXT. And he was like, you never seen this match? He was like, listen, go on the network, go watch the match. Tomorrow when you get back to school, come tell me about it. And I watched the match, and that shit was perfection. I came back and said, nah, that match right there was I, I different. I think that was the, the match. That was one of the matches that definitely put NXT on the map. Because yeah. like I said, yeah. that's when they got a lot more comfortable with the match quality. They're getting a lot more comfortable with the match timing and trusting indie guys to actually take over. You know, like when Neville came, I knew that was Pac off rip. I said, oh, shit, Pac here? Why is he called Neville? That ain't his name. But they, I'm a little kid at this time, so that's that's what my mindset was. So seeing these guys from other promotions and other promotions, and I'm like, wow, like WWE is really like WWE is the shit, you know? Like you ain't shit if you ain't in WWE. That was the mindset I had as a kid. So, yeah. so yeah. seeing these guys just slowly take over, and and um, obviously Bo Dallas beating Biggie Langston, the character development Bo Dallas had. Bo leave Bo leave that he beat Biggie Langston became overly cocky. Because he beat Big E Langston, no matter how he did it. And then I think Bo Dallas did a great job with his character development and also elevating um, Neville to, to a higher standard. Because without Bo Dallas's run, we don't get the ladder match that he had with Neville. And then with that ladder match, we don't get Neville showcasing really what the fuck he can do. Like Neville out here doing um, 054s and then Red Arrow. How I many of y'all saw the Red Arrow before y'all saw Neville? I, I probably never saw it. So that gave to be honest, I, I saw I saw Pac and El Generico at an indie show in Illinois in 2011, and it was the best thing I've ever seen in my life. And so I did beautiful. see the Falcon. It was amazing. Yeah, for, for me, for me, man, like uh, there used to be a a Twitter page, and I, I don't have Twitter anymore, so I don't know if it's still a thing. But there used to be a Twitter page that I followed that was called Peep This Match, and it was a, a dude would just post random matches from all over, like even WWE matches and things like that. He would just post. So that's how I found a lot of indie people. And then I remember uh, I wasn't like real, real big on NXT. I, I kind of popped in on occasion. So I saw that Zayn had got there, but I wasn't really like watching. And then I remember I was on Facebook one night and my, a buddy of mine had, tw had tweeted, Samoa Joe is in a WWE ring. I went, what? And I immediately turned on NXT. And then from there, I just, I spent like a weekend and I just went back and watched everything up until then. And then just seeing everybody else come in after that, it was just like, oh, okay this is about to be good like and by then you know you already had you know rollins and them transitioning out you know so they had again like lewis said they had set the groundwork and paved the way and then these indie guys just elevated it to such a different yeah. it was a whole different monster once it got right. to that era and yeah, once you started but and they started getting the independent people that people were yeah. with like kevin steen and yeah it's like, it's like yeah. people they knew it, you know yeah. it's crazy because like 
Like, like yeah. I said, I watched Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor is my favorite promotion ever. Like, I, I watched Ring of Honor since 2011. Like I said, when Sami Zayn, you know, like I'm a little kid, you know what I'm saying? I don't know how to connect the dots. You know, when I mean little, I'm in middle school, but I still don't know how to connect the dots like that. Even as an adult, I still don't know. So, um, <laughs> um, I'm over here seeing Sami Zayn. I'm like, fucking, that's El Generico. That look like El Generico. And then connect the dots. Legend. El Generico, he's in, he's in, yeah. he's in Mexico. But I'm like, dude, what the fuck? And then Kevin Steen, I'm like, Kevin Owens, uh, they changed the name to Kevin Owens. I think the main thing that it took a little bit for me was to get used to the names. But um, the indie guys, they they added the match quality. They added the, the match timing to give NXT, uh, the other homegrown talent, um, more ability to showcase their work. But also at this time, uh, they also showed that um, NXT could also be used as career resurgences. Like they sent Tyson Kidd down here and he had an amazing feud with Neville. And then they had an amazing fatal four way between uh, Neville, Kidd, Breeze, and Sami Zayn. And that started Sami Zayn's babyface um, rise. So he was like the first. He was the first true babyface. Yeah, first like, like beloved babyface. Because a lot of people thought that fatal four way was going to be his. Like he was going to get that fatal four way and, and take the dove. And when Neville pulled that, when 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 Zayn did the the suicide dive and shoved Neville out uh, out of the pretty much like out of the uh, the ring area over the barricade, and when Neville pulled the ref um, away from uh, pulled the ref away from Sammy to stop the count. Like, as a kid, I'm over here like, bro, that's your friend, bro. Like, you really going to fuck him over like that? And then the way he went. I will, I say, sad, I I will say, too, that it the, the the indie guys coming into NXT, I think it was a very symbiotic relationship. Them coming in was great for NXT. NXT was great for them. Because, again, remember the period that we were at at the time, 2012 to, like, 2015, right, going into 2016? WWE was still so focused on guys like John Cena and, and Randy Orton and all these guys that were still hanging around. Um, and so NXT gave these guys something to go for because before, you know, maybe they would have never gotten hired without NXT because there was already too much talent on the main yeah. roster. But I think it was also really good for the indies. And I know that WWE gets a bad rap for, you know, especially over in the UK for, you know, taking over all the territories and all that stuff. But um, when all these guys came in, like for me, because again, I grew up in Arkansas. I was so far away from all the major independent circuits. I didn't have the time to go looking for it. So when these guys, when, when Owens and, uh, and, and Sami Zayn and, and Pac and all these guys debuted Finn Balor, I didn't have the foggiest idea about any of these guys. And I had to go look them up and that got me wanting to go and do take more of an effort to look up other guys that are in the indies at that moment, because I wanted to be the one to be able to say when these guys debut on NXT, I watched that guy. I was with that guy from the beginning. So I think NXT also had a positive impact on the indie circuit. Once these guys started coming in as well, I think it was a hugely <laughs> beneficial for all three kind of areas. I, I also and, and feel Jay, like, oh, oh my bad, G, I talked enough. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going <laughs> to say like to Jade's point, I think, I think that's an excellent point because I was going to bring it up earlier. You look at WWE right now, today. How many of the top stars came from NXT? Exactly. I was just about to say that. In the women's division. And in the men's division. In Bro, the that shows men's division, how, um, All that, of them. That shows that game. everybody needs development. You're like, you look at Roman Reigns right now. You were casual, like... Like you a casual that didn't watch NXT, you would think Roman Reigns is blowing up, but Roman Reigns doesn't become the biggest superstar in the world without NXT. Of course, he didn't do much in it. 
Of course, he didn't do much in NXT, but he needed that to get where he is today. Yeah, Seth Rollins. That's why that. he's highlighting. You know what's crazy? That's why he's he... highlighting him talking with like, even though he's using it to like get at Cody. Him highlighting the fact that Dusty Rhodes. Dusty saw the you video. Hear anybody yeah. talk about Dusty Rhodes? They always be like, "That's why they called him the grandfather of NXT." Mm. Dusty Rhodes was so <clears> close <throat> to that. You look at the WWE today compared to WWE in 2014 or tw- or 2014, 2013, right? When NXT was really starting to take mm-hmm. off. Yeah. The star, the top stars, the main event talent you push today, pretty much every single one of them, except for Brock, came from NXT. And even then, Brock is pretty much on his way out. But, but that's what I like at 2013. About, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. that's what I like about like the era that we're in because this era kind of reminds me a lot of, of the beginning. If you look at the beginning of the Roots of Aggression era, a lot of those mm-hmm. talents came from OBW. You just didn't yep. know back then because yeah, right. OBW wasn't big. Like when John Cena, Brock Lesnar, Randy Orton, Batista, Shelton Benjamin, all these people came up, you just thought they was just in WWE. Like, oh, these people, mm-hmm. like they first ever wrestled, but they had been wrestling for years, you know what I'm saying? In mm-hmm. OBW, they've been developing. There, I think they're slowly trying to transition back into what that used to be. And now that obviously NXT is bigger than OVW and people watch NXT, you can watch it weekly and everything. I think that's the goal that people are starting to set. Like if you look at with NXT, they always got people that I feel like they like and they want to push. And then they, they kind of sprinkle a little bit, everybody in there and see what everybody else can do. Like Gargano and Champa started off in a tag team. And then when they split up that tag team, they become the two biggest stars in NXT. You know what I mean? So I, I like how, how NXT has developed and grown, especially yeah. during, you know, the mid, like, 2014, 2015, 2016. Like, even though all the independent wrestlers they got, for me, like, TakeOver Brooklyn won. That was a game changer for, for me. Was, for, yeah. for number one, Blue Pants. No, number one alone was the atmosphere was crazy. Like, go back and watch that show. The crowd interaction was great. The Sasha and and, and was the that Bayley the match. first like true stadium show they had? That was the that was the very true mm, first yeah. Sasha yeah. Bailey. Because I know they had some live events, but that was the true. Like, they had Sasha Bailey, the ladder match with Kevin Owens. They had Vaude Villains versus Buddy Murphy. Shout out Vaude Villains, uh, wow. Versus uh, Buddy crazy. Murphy and uh yeah. and Wesley Blake uh that, with blue pants. Oh my god! Mom. Yeah, yes. they had they had that was Apollo Cruz's debut. But even then, like, even like with, with, you know, I'm not, you know, not trying to get off the WWE thing, but even then, like, even if you trans- transfer over to AEW, like, of course, the Bucks and Kenny are there, but you look at people like Aleister Black and Buddy Murphy, and Keith Lee, and like all of Swerve and all of you, like, mm-hmm. those guys blew up. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah, they yeah. also blew up in NXT and were able That's to transition nice. out of NXT and still be huge names and still be big deals. Like, NXT. Is uh, Lewis put it a great way? It was such a career resurgence, but I also think it was a great wrestling resurgence. Like it created yeah. such a different atmosphere on both WWE and then AEW rolled in, and it created it. such an atmosphere there too. Yeah, too. I know everybody makes the the like the change from the ruthless aggression era to the PG era, but when I really really think about it, like maybe around like heist of the century time, a little bit before that, like. Yeah, a little pre before that. I think that's when an actual new era in WWE changed because that's when we started getting new stars. That's when we started getting Roman. That's when we started getting Seth and Dean. That's when the uh, Baron Corbin, people like that, started transitioning out of NXT onto the main roster. And it became a new era of wrestling superstars, not just a changing of. You knew it was, uh, diff- it was different for me when they started putting Cena like in the mid cards, like when he started yeah. fighting for the US yeah. title and he's not fighting for the world yeah. title anymore. That's, yeah. I think they were looking at like, yeah. we're ready to, to 
move past the Cena era and moved it up. Yeah, so, and even then, against also, that U.S. title era was against Rusev for, and Sami Zayn and people like that, like NXT guys, Kevin Owens. For me personally, what I think NXT did a great job on was capitalizing on the moment. Now, I remember... Shit, I remember the career-threatening match Devitt had against Taguchi. I was up until like four in the morning watching this. He fought. He faced Ryusuke Taguchi in a in a career um, a loser leaves New Japan. Devitt obviously loses. He goes to he goes to NXT. I thought in that time frame Devitt was above the junior heavyweight division. Devitt was above the junior heavyweight tag titles and title, and I felt like he should have beaten Okada when he had the chance. That's an example of New Japan not capitalizing on the moment that they had because you have Devitt who created Bullet Club, and now we see how crazy big Bullet Club is now. You had Devitt who was this big star, yet you didn't have the balls to have him beat Okada. When Triple H built up Devitt and transitioned into Finn Balor, and he built up Finn Balor and had Finn Balor debut with the demon gimmick against Ascension, and him and Hideo take out the Ascension, and then Balor... Uh, winning the number one contendership uh, tournament, defeating a former NXT champion in Neville and putting on a banger with Neville um, and then having him beat Kevin Owens. Like that's an example of him capitalizing on the moment, realize what he has. Like, yo, this guy's a game changer. This uh, uh, New Japan could have did the same thing with uh, with Devitt, but they were just so high on Okada. Triple H realized. They still are. Yeah, uh, Okada's got it. Okada, Okada's Okada, but it's it's important to not survive on one star. And Triple H realized that and saw what he had with Balor, and strapped the rocket to Balor. And in that time frame, when Balor was NXT champion, he was the greatest NXT superstar ever in that time frame. And listen, these, and I'm sorry, I didn't I didn't mean to interrupt. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Are you good? Okay. So all, all of these are great points, but I think we need to tie it all together and talk about what really made that period of NXT great and why it worked so well and what got us fucking takeover, man. Like takeover was there, there is there, there, there was not a single takeover for a period of five years that I did not clear all of my plans to sit down and watch. There was a point new. There was a point new. It was going to yeah, there's a, there's it was a point gonna, when you got excited about Takeover, like more than WrestleMania. And it, and, like, and it didn't matter what pay per view it was, aside from WrestleMania. The thing that I always got the most excited about was not the Sunday because you know the now the PLEs take place on Saturday mostly, but back then they were on Sunday. Takeover was on Saturday, and that was the highlight of the entire weekend oh, because yeah, you it, talk about like a WWE pay per view at the time. It was like you know banger, eh, 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 pretty good banger, eh, eh, eh. For takeovers for a period of about five years, every match, a seven-match card, banger, 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 banger. And that's the thing I loved about takeovers. The cards were were short. They like they were they weren't big cards. Like WWE put on these 10, 11 match cards. Yes, but the takeover, because every match counted, every match meant something. And that has something to do with like they only had like four years. So like they had a lot of time to build these these matches, these big matches, and then like you could blow off mini feuds on NXT TV. But that it just it was like a throwback because it was only four a year. And that's like the same thing AEW does, which I, I like about AEW. They only have four years, so you don't clutter the calendar with pay-per-view. So you gotta rush every feud has to end in four weeks. NXT gave these feuds time to build up and then they would build to a climax at the takeovers and the matches always hit. Like I like the list of NXT matches that flopped, like 
you can probably count on one hand, like in the takeover mm -hmm. era. Takeover. Like, I've never, I've, I don't think same, I've ever. Same thing with you. You can count on one hand how many uh, matches were repeated during takeovers. Like Facts. I remember Gargano and Champa lasted uh, over three, a year. Was it uh, oh, over a, a couple on a years on a takeover yeah. span? It lasted. They first started. We're not. I'm not going to count. I think, four I think it was four takeovers. So it was. It was. It was uh, New Orleans, Chicago, two. They had their um, third one, and then they were supposed Philadelphia, to Philadelphia, right? And yeah. They were supposed to fight. I'm not, not going to count Philadelphia just because that was at the end of it. Oh. But I'm talking about just matches. They had two takeover matches. Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole. They had. Uh, they also had two takeover matches and one TV special. Uh, but you can literally count the rematches on one hand. There's not that many is the point I'm trying to make. Yeah, and, like Nate said, yeah. and like Nate said, they it, they let it build up in the matches. It was either a continuation for, oh, Johnny and Adam Cole. That's another one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but like Nate said, I don't want to steal Nate's point and shit, but what he said is true. It was either the ending of that feud or a continuation to get to the ending of that feud. If you look, if you look at it, unlike yeah. Brock and fucking Roman, that shit lasted like fucking ten fucking years, yo. And I'm getting tired of that shit. I but it's a consistent. It's a consistent of what's going on now too. You look at the takeovers. I can't count on my hand how many like bad takeovers I watched from like from start to no, finish. Phoenix was I ass. I can help you with that. Phoenix was garbage. I I've never even Phoenix, the Royal was Rumble? Phoenix was 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 cool. Like is that like 2019 Royal Rumble? Phoenix Phoenix was okay. at, the only the only good match on Phoenix. Uh, the only two like it was it was uh what was it? Uh, Black and Ricochet. No, was it Black and Ricochet? And Black and Ricochet what? versus the Viking Raiders. Yeah, Black that and Ricochet versus the Viking Viking Raiders and Gargano versus Ricochet. Other than that, the rest of that card was fucking atrocious. I'm yeah. sorry, that Whoa, shit was. Bad. Wait, wait, wait. I think Phoenix. You talk about Phoenix. 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 That shit was doo doo. Phoenix. Uh, was not I, good. I think. Go like, back and watch like, it. That shit was not good, bro. I think like it's gotten like like Jade said like that five year period like it's gotten they built such great pay to the point that like trying to sit down and pick like your top ten takeovers is such a hard list to make because they're all just so good and like for me i'm i'm bad with memory so i don't really ever remember like the names of takeovers like cities i remember like matches and things like that uh -huh. but like just so many things for me the takeover tag title era or tag team era diy yeah, the vaudevillains american fan. alpha everything like that like sometimes those tag matches were the best matches on the card yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. thank you jose yeah. phoenix yeah. was champa yeah thank you phoenix, phoenix, uh, and, phoenix and, was champa and i was gonna say lewis because i'm looking at it you had champa versus black you had black versus was garbage. I, I, think, I think i think it was bianca and somebody too johnny i said johnny versus ricochet was good i washed up cashes on him I think More Viking Raiders, Raiders it was Viking Raiders against Undisputed Era. That match was yeah. good, but, that but match. the first two, the first two good. were missable. I can give you that because it was the Sky Pirates back when Black they were and Champa, their first match was better on NXT television. It was it was a better match on NXT television than it was at Takeover. That match was not good. It was Champa dominated most of the match. Black had a little resurgence, and then Champa hit him in uh, Champa just fucked him over at the end. But also I, we haven't really Talked about it. And I'm sorry, Jay. I didn't, I didn't mean to go before you, but just real quick. Uh, I know it was a Triple H thing, but NXT bringing back freaking War Games. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, every yeah. single War yeah. Games match. There's never been a bad all, War Games match. There's never been a bad War Games. No, match. and like I said, like just the the Ricochet double moonsault, the KO surprise return. McAfee sent on and the uh EO jumping in with the trash can, the trash like can, you know, every. Yeah. 
War Games match had something about it, whether it was a moment, Bronze. whether it was the match in and of itself. And Bronze like said, the shit out of Champa through the table, bro. Oh my yeah, God, like the, and that it was so good, it became such a thing that the main roster had to be like, all right, well, we yeah. we need to take it because you know. And well, it's, only, it's thing, only only got it because of Triple H. Yeah, because right. Vince was, for some reason, one bug him. That's also cool, but NXT was just the shock factor of seeing somebody. Like Pat talked about, like Samoa Joe in a WWE ring. Even little things like seeing Dolph Ziggler go to NXT after him and Braun were having a little bad. Like, we often see people go back and forth on Twitter. We don't really think much. But for Dolph to actually pull up, like, all right, I'm going to take your belt, and I'm, <laughs> I'm going to run the show for a while. I remember the last days of my TikTok, uh, last days of TikTok, I was there when Dolph won. I immediately went to Jade's page. I was like, bro, where the fuck are you? This man <laughs> done took Braun's belt. He don't beat both they ass. I made a video that at? night. Listen, listen. I remember it was... I, I didn't get to watch the show. I was busy with something. I can't remember what it was. It was 10 o'clock at night before I realized what had happened. Uh, I got home from whatever I was doing at like 1030. I got back at 11 o'clock at night. I'm putting on my Dolph Ziggler shirt. I get my kids NXT toy belt and I'm dancing around my living room to Dolph Ziggler's theme song and posting a video. That was excellent. Um, two, two quick points about TakeOver. Um, number one, the smartest thing Triple H ever did post-COVID and, and into NXT 2.0 was getting rid of the takeover name because he realizes as good as the talent may be to G baby's point, And as much as they may be improving to everyone else's point, nothing they can do will ever match what takeovers were. I, I, I don't think they can ever match that five-year period with Absolutely. takeovers. Yeah, and I yeah. think that if, if triple H had continued to call these shows takeovers, he was setting himself up for, for disappointment online um, because yeah. it was never going to measure up. Secondly, we talked last week about how voices can define a generation. And, and to, to this day, it pisses me off how his story with WWE ended. Shout out to Moro Ranallo for being the fucking mm. voice oh of gosh, NXT. Yeah. Every, oh every big moment you can imagine ah. that took place during the peak of NXT and Moro Ranallo's voice behind. Mama Mia. Certainly. Yes. So Rick, did he get a little bit... Um, did he get a little bit ridiculous at times? Absolutely. Yeah. But, but that was part of his charm. Yeah, yeah. and there's I was gonna say, yeah, yeah, because I was gonna say with Marvel Ronaldo, because Jade, oh my gosh, I'm glad we all I'm glad we all love yeah. each other today. Yeah, because Jade, <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh, you say <laughs> that, bro. I, because I I wasn't watching NXT yet. The reason the the reason so the NXT takeover, the first one I ever watched was New Orleans. Adam Cole winning the winning the ladder match. That's the first one I ever watched. Marvel Ronaldo, when I heard his voice, because my dad watches a lot of boxing, so I had mm -hmm. heard Marvel Ronaldo's voice before. Mm -hmm. So I was like, "Is that is that Ronaldo? When did he get here, bro?" The moment Johnny Gargano versus Adam Cole is the biggest example of how a commentator can just make a match yeah. feel a lot yeah. better. We oh, yeah. we talk about Michael Cole uh, during uh the uh, the um when he when he talk about with Dom and stuff. And all that, and how much passion yeah. there is, nothing will ever compare to Marvel Ronaldo he, when he was calling the Johnny Gargano Champa match, Johnny Gargano winning the title for the first time, like, and and the oh fact that God. he he has he has metaphors and analogies 
Like nobody just coming out his ass. Dude. Yeah, nobody. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. God. Like, and is, you are right. He is an unsung yeah. hero. He 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 bringing out like rap references too. Bro, right. One Marvel yeah. reference, <laughs> Big Cole, and I was like, bro, what? one Marvel moment that really gets me, bro, was at, it was after Takeover Philadelphia when Johnny lost to Andrade in an amazing match. And um, it was it was when Ch- no not Chompa it was when Andrade and Gargano had their rematch, and if Johnny Gargano lost, he would have to leave NXT. Mm-hmm. And then I'm watching huge Johnny Gargano fan. I'm like, man, Johnny about to get this shit tonight. And then I see him with the Gargano escape. I'm like, all right, ref, stop bugging, get the fuck up. And then when Chompa comes with the crutch and hits Johnny in the back. And then uh, when you hear uh, the ref counting slowly, and then Morrow's just screaming, "No, Johnny, no!" Yeah. Pure silence. It yeah. just makes. Bro, I wanted to cry that night. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. I'll, I'll never forgive. Tell you how much shit oh, I broken during that. I will yeah. never yeah. forgive Corey Graves for making Morrow Ronaldo feel like because I think uh, I don't want to speculate, but I think Morrow Ronaldo had like. Personal issues. He did. I thought it was with JBL. Yeah, I thought it was JBL. Well, Corey, well, no, Corey Graves had Corey... something to do with it too. Gargano's yeah, mid. You don't know what you're talking too. about, bud. Gargano's far from mid. Thank Whoever you said that, check yourself. But yeah, uh, one of my favorite. Uh, I was gonna bring up two things. One, one of my favorite Marvel calls is during the the two out of three falls match with with Cole and, and Gargano when DIY jumps in and you hear him yell, you Scrooge! And he's screaming, <laughs> having friggin' heart palpitations. And also, to Jay's point, yes, he did. He was, you know, he was hokey occasionally and things like that. But when you really look back on it, I mean, again, we talked last week about how much he's now tainted his legacy now. But um, JR back in the day, man, like, tougher than a $2 steak, bowling yeah, shoe right. ugly. Like, he, he had his goofy moments as well, yeah. but his just the way he made Morrow made everything seem so important that it was winning or losing that it was the yeah. be all end all the greatest thing that was happening or the worst Ronaldo thing that was yeah. happening. And, Y'all about and, to go and, make and me the, watch some Morrow Ronaldo film? What about going right? <laughs> like like, look, back, like look at the, the commentary at that time. You had on Raw, it was like Michael Cole. At times you had the coach. At times you had Renee Young. You had Byron Saxton. Awful commentary team. SmackDown was barely better because I like Tom Phillips. I don't remember. I think Corey Graves is on there too. Tom right. Phillips, like, Phillips, Phillips, Tom, Tom Phillips yeah. underrated. Yeah, Tom Phillips is great. He's so then you have, an impact. He's so he's amazing. good. But yeah, you have Vince yelling in their ear the whole time. And like the commentary is so overly produced on the main roster at that time. But then you go to NXT and you see the passion. It's not robotic. Morrow, he's not robotic. He's He's giving actual emotions. He makes you feel you know, the way you know, Jim Ross would make you feel. Gargano so, has no personality. That's so wrong. On so oh, that's many tough. Levels. Underrated, <laughs> underrated commentary so too was wrong. Percy Watson, bro. He was good. Percy was good. Nigel McGuinness as well. I was gonna say we gotta shout out Nigel McGuinness. He was. I remember did that match with the the unsanctioned match with Gargano and Champa. He was literally yelling, "Stop it!" Like I was like, "Oh, this is this yeah. is feeling like they really." One of my always talked about the commentary in NXT. You know how crazy I went the day I found out Michael Cole is behind it. I was like, "Michael, <laughs> main roster Michael Cole is the one behind the NXT commentary." Exactly, oh Mark. It's your opinion like, that he has no personality. That was the that was the day I was like, "Okay, Michael Cole." Yeah. 
I was like, I was like, okay, Michael Cole, I'm not gonna criticize you, no. Bro, what y'all know about the commentary team of goddamn Albert and Alex Riley? I know nothing about. Oh that shoot, man. that's a bad when that Back when Alex Riley into a match, bro, I popped I so I hard when Kevin Owens and Alex Riley were doing their little feud, and then Kevin Owens just poured water on Alex Riley, and A and A Ride just got in his face, wanted to whoop his ass. Then he got smoked later on. <laughs> but, you know, it, it was cool, but that's the resurgence I'm talking about. Like cool moment, at, yeah, cool cool. But at, at that time when I saw Alex Riley, I'm like, dude. He was way bigger in his first run. He has more energy uh, than his first run. I actually legitimately thought, like, yo, maybe they might actually do something with A-Rai again. And then Kevin Owens is like, nah, 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 nah. Yeah. Sit your ass down, bro. I have a conspiracy. My conspiracy we'll theory is... still never forgive John Cena for that, but continue. My conspiracy theory is Alex Riley never got over because of his terrible back tattoo. But anyway, moving Damn. forward. <laughs> That's crazy. I would so, say uh, for me, when, yeah. when, I don't know... When NXT, hey, um, hey Mark, you're watching me. Remember that. <laughs> I don't, you're I don't know. Me. I don't know when NXT changed for y'all, or when y'all thought it was when it got kind of big. But for me, when I realized NXT was was really like excelling is when they got Shinsuke Nakamura. Like getting Shinsuke mm. Nakamura to me was a like big game changer, especially if you that watch. Like I, I, I want to bring it back a little bit more. Juice and Thunder Liger, bro. Liger, Juice and Thunder Liger versus Tyler Breeze was fire. Just get like coming to NXT permanently. I know, but that the fact that Liger was like, yeah, I'll I'll wrestle on this developmental brand's pay per view, but against Tyler, no disrespect. I love Tyler Breeze, but Tyler Breeze wasn't the champion. Like Tyler Breeze never had gold in NXT, but they put him with Tyler Breeze. So yeah. I'll do it. I was like, dang. Yeah. NXT I remember. Like okay. I remember seeing an interview that Breeze did. I want to say he did it. It was with Chris Van Vliet where he they talk about that match. And he said that he talked to Liger and Liger, he's, you know, what, what do you want to do? And everything like Liger's like, whatever you want to do, man. And he he basically <laughs> let Breeze control the entire match. That's and crazy. then after he was walking backstage and he uh, Breeze ran into Stone Cold. And he like looked up at Stone Cold and Stone Cold was like, hey man, g- great match. You know, oh I'm God. a big Jushin fan. I've seen your stuff. He said it was like the two greatest moments that he's oh ever had God. in wrestling. That's he's incredible. like, cause he was telling, uh, he was telling Jushin, he's like, well, maybe like, like I, I do my pose, like where I sit up on the ropes and then we do like a, uh, we get together and then you throw me down and then you do my pose. And that Liger was like, I can do your pose. He's like, absolutely. Like, <laughs> he was just so in awe that Liger was like, just willing to let what happened happen. And that's just, I mean, I know we're talking about NXT, but that's a shout-out to Jushin. Like, that guy gave back reason, so much to the business. The only reason I said Shinsuke Nakamura is because if you watch New Japan and knew the importance of what Shinsuke meant, not to, the, like, the Intercontinental Championship, but also this importance to New Japan in general. Like, mm-hmm. when he came to NXT, I was like, bro, what? Shinsuke Nakamura coming coming to NXT? Then his, de- then his debut against Sami Zayn when Sami Zayn's on his way out. And Phenomenal match. And Sami Zayn, Zayn was, was the beloved baby face leaving. Shinsuke time. was... Sami Zayn was the beloved babyface leaving. Shinsuke was the new babyface coming in, like a perfection. And look at look at the push throughout his 2016 mm-hmm. year, like the the most over superstar in, in NXT around that time. Like that's to me when NXT 2016 NXT is when I feel like it really started to rise at its peak, and when people really start to pay attention to a lot more because that's when I started yeah. to see a lot of people like talking about you know everything about NXT and NXT, and then you yeah. look at some of the takeovers before. Nice. Before the WWE pay per views, a lot of people were getting more excited. Like, facts, going to take over. Absolutely. But how often did you watch an NXT, um, an NXT event and just get goosebumps by the theme song? For like when sure, Shinsuke, bro. when Shinsuke debuted, and you heard, you saw the that slide it's of like, the bro, This shit violin. is something different. Yeah. This shit nah. is something different. Hey, hey to, Malik, to your point too, because 2016, I had heard, like again, I wasn't watching regularly. I had heard about people. You know, I had heard of obviously, you know. You you had your Kevin Owens's and your Sami Zayn's and you know I think tw- if I'm not mistaken was 2016 the year they brought up Finn 
had him win and then he hurt his shoulder? Was it yeah, that yeah, year, 2016? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I had heard I had heard about all that. And so like I felt like NXT in 2016 was on the rise because they they were kind of trying to use him on the main roster now. They were kind of start trying to integrate him. I think Kevin Owens, you know, eventually he won his universal title. <laughs> we'll never see like a push starting. like that again, bro. Never, we'll never, never. That was, that was probably the greatest, like, call-up at that, bro. We, we'll never see a, a, a ballot like, push again where he, he wins Literally. the four-way, beats Roman the same night, and then That's beats clean. Seth for the universal yeah, title. We will never see nothing in, like that again. And they were number one, number two at the time. I think bro, that was, it was his birthday, was too. Sick. When do you know WWE doing something on somebody's birthday? Oh, yeah, yeah. But Sheamus in the Rumble. <laughs> Roman, Roman and Seth on the pecking order at that time was one and Crazy. two. Because yeah. Seth had just came back, and they knew Roman was the guy. So I the even fact know. that they went with that, I think that's why Vince really stopped pushing NXT dudes. Because it was like, oh, the dude got hurt. But I think NXT was already on its rise. I think they got to 2018. And I think they had, I don't think they ever had a pay-per-view. Maybe I just looked at NXT Phoenix. Them first two matches were kind of eh. So except for that one, I don't think they had a a pay-per-view where it was less than five stars. I think you could go through from NXT TakeOver New Orleans straight uh, all the way until pretty much pandemic era. When it was kind of going downhill, like you, you like you saw the writing on the wall, yeah. didn't have less than a five star paper. Right, so let's get into another topic. What do y'all consider the greatest takeover of all time? New Orleans, for sure. It's I was gotta New Orleans. New Orleans. It's got New Orleans. New Orleans and New York are like one A one B for me, bro. Go look back at that New York card and New, see. New, the New York was great. Had, New, which, New York was great. New York is the two out of three falls with Adam Cole and Gargano. It was Walter and Dunn. Um, fucking! It was the four way between Shayna, Io, Bianca, and I, was it Candice LeRae in there? I'm for, trying to remember. Um, I forgot that, bro. Just look back at that because that is very neck and neck new, with New Orleans, bro. Super neck and neck. But they're also like they're. I mean, I, I agree. Like those two are like very top, but you could throw. Those are, those you, are could, one and you could, yeah, you could probably like I said, you could also toss in Philadelphia. You could toss in Dallas. Like I know Dallas is still like. So kind of on the come up era, but that was the the takeover that, that, really that, that had that opening tag team Yeah, the opening tag team match. Was Toronto good. wasn't bad. Like like I said, that's why I said trying to make a top ten list in order, not just your top ten, but like putting in order your ten favorite yeah, Mark, that was NXT takeovers would be so hard because again they were all so good, and it just again I know we're giving two point zero a chance, and I think it's great, but like I don't go back and watch main roster pay-per-views all of that often i go back and watch takeovers all the freaking time like i'm just constantly just like you know what i, I got some off time i got two hours to kill i'm gonna throw on this takeover i'm gonna throw on this take i do it constantly after takeover new orleans i legit spent because i obviously had to work i legit spent a month and a half literally going back on the old ww network i didn't just watch them pay-per-views i skimmed through a lot of them one hour episodes for like a month and a half straight. So that's how I was able to see, you know, Finn showing up and Shinsuke and all. But after TakeOver New Orleans, bro, and I know we brought up New York because that's when I think, that's when uh Pete Dunn, like his Pete Dunn, his, Pete Dunn, yeah, almost two-year reign. Matt Riddle's undefeated streak also was done the, the uh, Velveteen Dream. He was North American champion this yep. time. Mm-hmm. You had the great... The 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 exceeded my expectations. Tag yeah, Mark Brian Kendrick did the burning hammer on Cody Bush when they brought that was the cruiserweight classic. Alistair Black yeah. and Ricochet. Yeah, when they brought up Alistair Black and Ricochet, 
Alistair Black and Ricochet versus the Viking. The War Raiders is phenomenal. When you what look takeover, at the New York card, that was it's crazy stack. Like, what takeover was? What takeover was? Uh, Cole Riddle, Ricochet, and Dunn in a four way. Cole Ricochet, Riddle, Dunn. Or was that just NXT TV? No, no, no that was NXT TV. So I was trying to find out who was going to face yeah. Gargano. Okay, that, well, that just, that go just watch that match. <laughs> that just drives the point that the weekly NXT was just as much C as the takeovers. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I was, um, y'all remember the six man tag match between Undisputed Era? Um, I believe it was Dunn and Mustache Mountain, bro. Yes, oh, yeah, yes. it was amazing. And this was also the year they did the halftime heat. That's how hot NXT was. They yeah, literally had a halftime show. Oh, that was they a did. that was Ricky that was a what, ricochet, ricochet ricochet dream dream against Cole uh, DIY and Cole. Yeah, they were changing the game, yeah. bro. They were oh, changing man. the game. I will How say crazy. though, to digress to bring back the sad part for me about NXT were the NXT call ups because when they came oh, to yeah. the main roster, you knew it was never going to be the same. And you first <laughs> when you first saw the call ups, like Kevin Owens debuting against Cena was crazy, and then him beating Cena at the Chamber and they having their feud and everything, and then Kevin Owens oh. still turned out fine. You talked about Finn Balor, you talked about a lot of the people, but. There was a point in time when it was depressing to watch NXT at some point because you knew when certain superstars were coming up, you knew what was going to happen on that. Yeah. Yeah. Be- because yeah. even the ones that are people like to call out, you know, that, oh, Kevin Owens is a success because he won the Universal Championship and multiple time Intercontinental Champion. But for every moment that you picture Kevin Owens with a belt, you also picture him in a porta potty getting pushed around by Braun Strowman. For every yeah. for every Seth Rollins, you have an Andrade. For every Roman Reigns, you have an Alex. Yes, three Andrades. And do <laughs> not do not even get me started on fucking tag teams. The number oh my God. of excellent tag teams. Ascension should have been Ascension. Uh, they even, literally flopped. Even, the even they FTR, out. they were what four or five time tag team champions. Vaught villains, bro. They should have been some facts. Villains, I think they had there's, they faced the new day, right? They had a banger yeah, against the new day. There's two tag teams that I'm going to go on a rant about because the first one, Jade, you just mentioned them, FTR. Yeah, I man. know they got yeah. I know one of them got hurt, and then the second one got hurt right after. So you know how Vince is going to be when people get hurt. I mean, look at Finn Balor. But the one that I am like, it still boils my skin. I don't care that they came back. I really don't. Enzo and Cass should have won the tag team championships at WrestleMania. It was their time. I get they didn't put the titles on them early. You, hey, you want to build them up some more. I don't care that the Hardys came back. They didn't <laughs> need to win. And then the fact that they came back and won, and like you could have just okay, fine, have the moment. You could pull a Zack Ryder. Enzo and Cass could have won right after, and they didn't do anything. And then they broke them up. Yeah, that was stupid. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Oh, that that boy. That was the dumbest. My thing, skin so much because they, from the time they stepped into the main roster to the time they broke up, were over more than anybody else I had ever Bro, seen. They were life. so over at some point. I think, point, I they, think they, a lot of people yeah. like they tend to like be like, oh, this person got caught up in this did did this, this and that. Like, you know, they were fine. They weren't a fail. Like you look at a guy like Kevin Owens, people would bring up, you know, like Jay said, the IC t- the IC title runs, the US title runs, the universal title run. Like you look back at that universal title run, he was fed to Goldberg. It was a nice run, but it was fed to Goldberg. And then he's still going on with this streak of not holding a fucking championship. A guy who's so great like Kevin Owens, he's going on, what, his five, sixth year not being a champion? 
That's crazy. Been, not been a world champion yet. He, That's crazy. No, a champion. A champion. He hasn't held any belts. He hasn't held a belt, bro. Like 20, it's, been, it's going on. It's going on five to six years without yeah. being a champion, bro. Like, he, 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 like he, he, he was U.S. champion after that. Bro, no, no. 2017. Look, look yeah, back 2017 at Kevin Owens. Look yeah, back at Kevin Owens. He, he won the world title at WrestleMania. Yeah, but they, that's still, still going six, on years. six years, though. Bro, look back at when Kevin Owens and the Drew McIntyre oh, promo said. Yeah, yeah, 2017. Yeah, 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 right, right, yeah. Bro, a guy like Kevin Owens who hasn't been – who's went this long without holding a title? Are you kidding me? Yeah. But people want to say just because he held the universal title and was fed to Goldberg God, so that we can right. get Goldberg what, uh, and Rock. What's the US title the last time the last title he held? Holy shit. Yeah. yeah. Bro, yeah. yes. With that hot potato yeah. feud with Jay Styles. Yeah. And Bro, I'll tell you, man, yeah. I was I was in the – I know it was – It's some people say it, it's one of the worst, if not the worst favorite of all time. I was third row of Elimination Chamber 2015. And when Kevin Owens beat John Cena – that was crazy, bro. Like I, you can see me in the crowd because I'm I'm on the hard cam side. Like I'm, my, I had a sign and it was like rolled up, and I'm watching the match thinking like Cena's got it in the bag. It's John Cena. Whatever. And when he won, you, oh, it was amazing. It was amazing. As soon as KO won, literally, you see me like I jump up and I'm like, what happened? Kevin, yeah, Kevin. I Kevin, see Kevin, that no right when they should have strapped the rocket on KO too because I understand not beating him at Money in the Bank. I get that Cena need to get his get back, but. Kevin Owens losing the NFC Championship at Beast in the East, that would have been the perfect time to throw the U.S. title on him on Battleground. Perfect mm -hmm. time. Perfect time to ensure that he's the he got the U.S. title not too long after, right? No, he didn't get the U.S. Title, after, right? no, he he get the US title until like, three years later. Ascension. Oh, yeah, the Literally Ascension. Joke sure. The minute they came up. Who do you guys think had the worst deal after they got called The Ascension. The Ascension. Yeah, the Ascension. At least Bo the Dallas Ascension. got the Listen, B team over. People, people forget the Ascension were such over-hardcore badasses in NXT. They were so good. And, and then they made suddenly, them an LOD clone. And then when they moved them up, that LOD clone, clowns, whatever you want to call them, just two guys in face paint that are out there, thrown out there for a 20-man Royal Rumble or what, a 20-man Battle Royal or whatever. Um, to this day, the most dumbfounding decision, I, I because it's not like the tag team scene at the time was, Great. I mean, you had the New Day, the Usos, kind of, but who else? Like, oh. I the, the there's been a lot of people that were screwed over. Andrade comes to mind. Mm. Alistair Black comes to mind. But the tag teams is really where there's been a huge deficiency. Bro, Kevin Owens beat right back. back. Yeah. Kevin Owens although, beat right back. Although, for, when the fuck did that happen? Yeah. Yeah. 2015. For, for some oh, of the for, for some of the OGs, again, yes, the Ascension was done terribly. But for some of the OGs, go back the after they had gone through all of that uh the ascension on the fashion files was hilarious if you go back everybody goes if y'all want to have a good time a good like hour or so long of content go to wwe's youtube channel look up the fashion files peak comedy it's so good thinking about it for me i would say she's gonna have more but i thought that's too easy but i'm gonna i'm honestly gonna have to say Shayna basin bro like she yeah she's getting up there i did i did a video a while ago this week we're back she fucking dominated that elimination chamber match in convincing fashion like I've never seen before. She she dominated and destroyed everybody, <laughs> only to go to WrestleMania to lose to Becky, and she's never been put back in the world title. So, so not, real quick before I'm, I say mine, I want to address the Shayna Baszler because even though we all know we hate Vince and we don't, and you know his book, well booking, we well, have a love a hate relationship too. with Vince. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> you, we we know how we all feel about Vince. His logic for why Shayna Baszler didn't win, because that was a last-minute change. 
once the pandemic happened. Shayna Baszler was going over the entire time until the pandemic happened. But he said, well, it's COVID. You know, hey, he wants to have a little feel-good moment. Everybody loves Becky. But Shayna was supposed to go over. And then what made it worse, which is nobody's fault, what made it worse, she got pregnant. Because notice how she wasn't in the build for Money in the Bank after 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 Mania. Yeah. She was not part of the build. She wasn't on TV, nothing. This, okay, that, this, and then they gave it to Oscar, which hey, I love Oscar. So shout out to Oscar carried but the they, pandemic era. Yeah, yes, yeah, she did. Oh, and and, and Bailey and Bailey, she was and Drew. Too. Bailey was but up there. Oscar Sasha played a great Oscar, part, but too. no, Oscar, you're right. She definitely did. Yeah, the Boston Hood connection is what. But they easily could have gave it to Shayna. They easily could have yeah. gave it to Shayna. That's that, 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 that's I'm my gonna nit. I'm gonna nitpick mine so bad right now. I'm gonna cherry pick. I feel like the person who got the worst deal. Uh, after an NXT call-up was Jason Jordan, only because his career literally ended. Uh, because once tough. they split up, first of all, I don't care what people say, Jason Jordan being cringy, it was cringy as fuck, but it worked it for worked. his character how it he worked. was doing it. But he was also putting on great matches, put on a great match with Cena, Roman, like putting on so very great yep. matches. And then his career ends, and I'm like, bro, why? Yeah, the stuff he was doing was, was actually really good. Yeah, like it, I actually the Champions Club. Me. I face palm so hard, bro. That shit was so bad. <laughs> but nah, it went. But, but that was supposed to nah, be it, I, though. So Corey, I feel, yeah. I feel Jason you, Jordan, bro. I'm sorry. Love Jason Jordan, but he got the worst deal. Only and so and so, mine is after going back to look at it in hindsight. Because again, I was not watching NXT at this time, and I didn't watch anything independent. The way they messed up Bobby Roode. I'm not gonna hold you, man. Bro, Bobby, they Bobby had him going there. with the U.S. Oh, title, yeah. bro, only to lose to Randy at Fastlane on his first defense. Hey, you know what? However, I, I was I was there too in person. You was there at Fastlane? I was there. I saw, I saw what they yeah, did in Columbus, him at NXT yeah. when I watched it back. I was like, "What? They brought him up as a first of all. They brought him up as a face. If I would have known that off the rip, I would have not had hope." I was like, are we that was stupid. See, but for me though, I, I didn't get my hopes up for Bobby Roode only because I just felt he was really old when he came. When he he, came he up. was he was he was a little bit older, but I just felt like I just I don't know, bro. I just didn't have faith, and I was like, bro, Vince is hit or miss with the with the non WWE guys, and he really he really hit with AJ Styles. But I'm like Bobby Roode though, he not AJ. Styles. Can I say one thing? One of my favorite success stories that has come out of guys that didn't make it from NXT to WWE is Tyler Breeze because he created his own success as part of Xavier Woods' YouTube channel, Up, Up, Down, yes, Down. Sir. He yes, created, sir. And then not only that, but he translated that into, he owns his own wrestling school now. Yep, he does flatback. Yeah. That's awesome. And now he's Rashawn being Spears, brought up. Ty he's going to be, he's going to be listed as a fucking legend. Legend. Shout out to Xavier Woods is great. All Xavier the shout outs to Xavier Woods. Yeah, Xavier Woods didn't let his homie down. I get that. And and props yeah. to Xavier Woods. But the fact of the matter is, Tyler Breeze still had to put in the work. He showed up yeah. every day. That that peak up, up, down, down for me, and I'm rewatching the series now, which is why it's fresh on my mind. Mm-hmm. Peak up, up, down, down was 2018 and 2019 when they did the 06 GM mode. Tyler yes. Breeze was excellent. Yeah. Killed Woods. Um, Killed my. Oh, go ahead, Jay. I'll let you finish. Go ahead. I'll just, I'm just finishing my point. I just, I just, I'm so happy for Tyler Breeze because when you see him in interviews and stuff, when you see him backstage, when you see him on up, up, down, he just looks so fucking happy. He does. And I'm just, I'm, yeah. I'm so happy. And, for Tyler and, Breeze. and we got a shout out Battle of the Brands for bringing us GM mode back. That was like the final yeah. like kicker to 2K. Oh, yeah. like, 
I there's swear, a market I, for this. I would love yeah. to see Breeze come back. I feel like now with oh Triple H on the main roster, he could have a nice solid mid card career, yeah. man. Like I love him. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say Mullet. Yeah. Dango should have won the titles too. Yeah, there for sure they did. Tyler Breeze for they worked uh, so well GM. together, man. Like they they were really really good with each other. Bro, like, bro, Fashion Police yeah. are goaded. Fashion yeah. Police was nice. Yeah, when uh when when Tyler Breeze dropped back down to NXT for a little bit and he was getting beat up by the Forgotten Sons and Fandango made his return, bro. I was like, yes, let's go, let's go. Oh, when they so won the hype. tag titles, I went. Crazy, oh yeah, bro. I was so I was so hyped. But yeah, uh, just a you quick sidebar. Forgotten sons. Okay. Yes, I did. Go but, ahead. But, uh, <laughs> my uh, my first quick sidebar was uh, my favorite up up down down era was pandemic Uno era with Ooh. Departy. It's my favorite oh my era. God, yeah. The Departy goaded. I want them. I'm so sad that they're not a thing anymore. But uh, the other uh, thing about, or I was gonna say about a fumbled NXT call up, uh, carrying cross. Oh, yeah. even still to this day, not just the first time. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. They took even it now. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. His what, what, do you mean the, what do you mean the second? Oh, right now? Right now. Yeah. yeah. He's, They're fumbling you know him now. And you know what's crazy? Well, I do. I hear you, but I feel like it's because he went to the wrong brand. He has nothing to do over there. There's nothing for him to do. because I feel like we're going to start seeing a champion. lot more carry him once it's, Roman gives up the belts. I was about to say, because it's two real <laughs> champions right now. And carrying Cross is supposed to be a, a monster heel. So there's nothing for him to do. The, the little Ray feud mm-hmm. didn't last long, but we all know yeah. that was simmering to what they're doing yeah. now. But what yeah. I will say, have, and this is very right. much conspiracy theory, I genuinely believe it's the hair. I genuinely believe Karrion Croft <laughs> looked more menacing. Bald. No, he did. Because no, even y'all can say whatever you want about his in-ring stuff in NXT. I thought his presentation, I believed him. Yeah. His presentation was incredible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but, but, but when but he came he, back he, with yeah. the hair, when he came back with the hair, like literally first night, I was like, eh. they they had. But stay. the thing uh, is yeah. with Carrion, and y'all know I fucking love Carrion. I'm a huge Carrion fan. The thing with Carrion is when they had him beat Drew at Extreme Rules, they were onto something. They have him lose at at, at Crown Jewel. I, I mean, you know, whatever. whatever. I get his get back. You know. Whatever, but like, I still feel like at some point Drew is gonna win the title back, and they're gonna finish the trilogy with Carrion beating Drew for the title. I feel My that, biggest... and if we know Triple H, he does not Ooh. leave stories on cliffhangers. Yeah. That the cage match one and one, that's not how we're gonna end it. They're gonna revisit that feud when Drew's champion. My, any any belts, qualm... Drew's gonna Drew's gonna lose. I and I don't disagree with that. My biggest qualm though with Karrion Cross is that when he was in NXT, to me personally, I don't know if anyone else got this. Just my own kind of evaluation of the Karrion Cross character. It almost felt like. It almost felt like Scarlet was the one that was actually in control and that Karrion Cross, even though he's this mm-hmm. big menacing monster, it almost felt like Karrion was Scarlet's puppet, kind mm-hmm. of. And it, it was it was a really interesting dichotomy between the two. Now that they're on the main roster, it, it just feels like Karrion Cross is a badass biker and Scarlet's his mm-hmm. sexy trophy wife. There, there's, yes. there doesn't seem to be yeah. that interesting part of Scarlet where it feels like actually Scarlet is the one that is plotting and Scarlet is the one making all the decisions and Scarlet is the yeah. one that's pointing carrying across on truth. Piggyback North. off that, I see a lot of people like online saying the most interesting part about Carrion is Scarlet. And if we go back to your point at NXT, that's right. Sc- Scarlet was the puppet master. Now you have people more interested in Scarlet. Show what Scarlet can actually do for a guy like Carrion. Like 
Carrion's supposed to be that main superstar, that focal point, but treat Scarlett like as if she's the MVP to his Bobby Lashley. Like, have mm -hmm. I'm not saying have Scarlett be the mouthpiece, but have her like if you guys watch Lucha Underground, have her be the Katrina to the Mil Muertes. Like, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. elevate yeah. them, make them more powerful, you know, just, just, just some shit yeah. like that. Show what Scarlet can do with her powerful, yeah. like make him more powerful. Yeah. The first two things do. she needs to do is shave his hair and stop letting him wear jeans. Those are the first yeah. two things. You go back to them suits, bro. He keeps changing his gear too, bro. He keeps wearing like different. Yeah, bro, go back to the gear and then all he needs to do. Yeah, like let. This is what I'm gonna say. Let uh. I promise y'all, after Raw, after Mania, Triple H is really about to get in his bag. He's just, oh, yeah. He's, oh, yeah. He, he's wrapping up everything Vince related. Because yeah, right. right. WrestleMania yeah. is about to be, I think, in my opinion, WrestleMania is about to be the most title changes, I think, on a WrestleMania but, show ever. I think and, Cody Cody is going to be a big win, but, like, I think whoever they choose to beat Cody, like, that's going to set the tone of, like, uh, of another like, of the like incoming new, of a, a new, new new era because Cody that was more of you know like Vince you know what I'm saying that's Triple H finishing up but I think whoever beats Cody whether that's a theory whether that's a carrying cross whether that's a Finn Balor I think that's gonna set the tone of like what Triple H sees in a world champion now you know because yeah. Vince had his view Triple H I think it'll be, he, I think it'll now he's gonna have his view. I think it'll yeah be I think carrying cross like I think if you give carrying cross his his NXT killer gimmick back. And I think that that would be a great balance of gimmick against Bray Wyatt. That'd be great. The killer. Is, it's, 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 it's kind of booking in a corner. Because would you book Bray to lose that match? Yeah. Bray has to lose at some point. I know Bray is this awe-inspiring character and anything like that, but Bray has – I know maybe not like right now because he's only really had one. Bray to me needs to have more matches. Like that. I'm tired I, of I agree. I agree, and I, yeah. I, I get that everyone says that Bray's a special attraction, and I love Bray, and I love everything that he's done from Eater of Worlds to The Fiend, and I even, while it's taking a little too long for me, I even don't mind his stuff now, but he does need to have more matches, but I'm saying a, a little further down the line, the, the awe-inspiring character that Bray Wyatt is with Uncle Howdy, and then NXT-style carrying cross with Scarlet, you know, kind of pulling the puppet strings, I think that would be it, and that's two just big dudes just going at each other, I think that would be a great match. Yeah. No, I mean, I would, I would mind it either. I mean, I still, yeah, I, still need, I, I still, I still think you need to put Scarlet like that because when you have a fine ass, sexy ass girl, love you, Karen. But when you have a fine ass, sexy ass girl on the main roster, that's all. That's people really gonna be staring at Scarlet. So use that to your advantage. Like I said, for the people that I'm watch not. Lucha Underground, have her be the Katrina to the Mil Muertes. Have her. You saw her as the puppet master, Jade. Legit, turn her into a puppet master and have her use Carrion to demolish everybody. Be the MVP to the Bobby Lashley Thanks. because Bobby Lashley by himself. Let, let's face it. I mean, Bobby Lashley, he a big motherfucker, but like, is there really anything interesting about him besides do, do the promo? Lewis, do the promo. Yeah, no. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, if you look at Bobby Lashley, nobody like face it. You guys don't really care. You want him back with MVP. We all want him back with MVP. We want the hurt business back. Dude, use Scarlet to your advantage. Use a Scarlet oh, to your advantage. I still think Karrion Cross is very much a Triple H guy. I think he's. Oh just, hell yeah! They're still, oh, yeah, sure. they're still, they're still yeah, developing. I, he's still gonna be world champ, so I'm good. I'm Gucci. They're still developing within what has to be developed right now, as far as what the story is at. Like, there's no story there for Karrion Cross as of right now, but that can change six months from now. We don't even know what WWE's gonna look like. I think Karrion has shown, and like I said, the uh, like the crowds and the internet, like it's two different fan bases, like. Like right now, Karrion ain't getting no reactions. There's nothing for him to do. But you put, I saw him in the feudal Rey Mysterio, and I heard loud boos. 
I heard loud boos. They, they weren't piped in noises because I could tell the difference. They were loud boos. You put him with somebody that knows how to work the crowd that can help him learn, you know, how to control the main roster crowd. Have and, a blast with that, Trent. I wish I was you. Right? Nah, he's, no, <laughs> he's, he's changing his time zone to New, New Zealand because that'll it'll let him play WWE 2K early. Oh! That's why he's saying New Zealand. Those are next world resolutions, man. Big brain news. I'll tell you what, though. like That that time zone from yesterday, man, that shit fucked me up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's nice. the who's, I was almost late. To I the woke show. up and I'm like, like I have to work right now. Outside? What the fuck? Who's, who's, who's an NXT superstar that may have not had? We talked about people who came up from NXT who didn't get their resurgence in the main roster. Who's somebody who didn't really have a great career in NXT and came up to the main roster and turned out to be a big star? Alexa Bliss. That's the oh, one. Yeah, that's the good one. Alexa, Alexa Bliss. Bliss. She Alexa didn't do Bliss. shit. And then once she got caught up with the goddess gimmick, she was winning titles left and motherfucking Becky is right. She was like a five time yeah. champion yeah. in the span. Becky, like, uh, Elias. Bianca, too, because Bianca wasn't champion at all in NXT. Elias beat Seth in 2018. Bro. Yeah, bro. Elias was over in 2018. Like, he should have beaten Seth. He, he should have been Intercontinental Champion. Elias wasn't anything in NXT, but. Everyone wanted to walk with Elias when he came up to Rock. Honestly, it, hey, we can we can say Nate's boy, Xavier Woods. Shit, Facts. that's, that's Facts. another great one. Yeah, that's another one. I'm talking about he was Woods, man. dancing with Brodus Clay. He didn't do nothing. He didn't do nothing. You didn't. heard him. He was the first Naomi. graduate. Naomi, because you just brought up Naomi. Yep. Naomi. 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 Yep. No, no, oh my gosh, yeah. I do not believe she was a funky actor. <laughs> Honestly, Rusev, Rusev was another great one, man. Hey, I'm going to get him to the camera for that one. I'm going to get him to the camera for this one. AEW, release Miro. Release him or push him. Free my boy. It's crazy how we're back in this situation with Miro. Miro? Release Andrade. Y'all are lucky. They are lucky they just put the trios titles on House of Black. Because if they would have lost, I would have said release them too, bro. Bro, you went on a go, keep keep going, G. We ain't gonna stop and keep going. Keep going. Oh, I mean, release, sure. I mean, I release keep, keep going, G. Keep going, keep going. Release Adam Cole because I want undisputed era back. I miss that. <laughs> release Adam Cole. Release um they already got rid of is Kyle O'Reilly still on the roster? Release yeah, Kyle. I think he's injured. He's hurt. <laughs> he might not ever wrestle again. Oh my god, that's gonna hurt well, me. O'Reilly was going to Samoa Joe because y'all keep doing that man dirty too, bro. Samoa Joe needs to be a like a five. Keep going, G. Keep going, yeah. bar for yeah. bar. Oh keep god. going, keep yeah. going. Yeah. <laughs> J Rock just said it. Release Jay Cargill, bro, because y'all not making her look like center. Come on, bro. No, I did read, I did read, and I hate dirt sheets, but I did read that the uh Chris Statlander is expected to come back soon and they're they're, they're penciled in to okay, okay. do something. I mean, honestly, if they ain't got nobody beat Jamie Hayter, I mean Jade right there, bro. I'm just saying bro, they never put her he's holding the wrong key. I'm not I am exactly. not about to get, I am not about to get into this bag about hey, you know what? Screw it. I am gonna get in this bag about that woman <laughs> because AEW, bro. Terrible. This is why this is why everybody craps on y'all. Ever since Britt Breaker, and I'm looking in the camera when I say this, ever since y'all took the title off of Britt Breaker, y'all have treated that woman's title almost as bad as WWE used to treat the IC title. Like, oh my gosh, bro, you had Thunder Rosa. You didn't make her feel important. Then you put it on Tony Storm. Didn't make her feel important. Then you put it on Jamie Hayter. And shout out to Jamie Hayter because she's actually doing something with it. 
But now y'all got people spraying green L's. Green L's like if they're six year old and 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 loser. on the ass too. On the ass. Spray Tony right. Khan, it's, 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 it's like, Tony like, Khan no is too brain, much. Bro. Tony Khan is too much of a fan to book a show. He books I've said like it before. my six-year-old playing with his toys. Yeah, I, I've said it before. I've said it many times. Tony Khan is too much of a fan and a mark to book shows. He tries bro, to get they, too many. Don't worry. Don't, 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 don't hey, Tony, I'm not slandering you. I'm an upcoming wrestler. Sign me to Ring of Honor, please. Um, I've been waiting. <laughs> book your I'm shows better. Book your shows better. But anyway, let's, Tony, let's get back to, uh, yeah, let's get back to the topic. Next, next week's episode is going to be WWE versus AW. Anyway, so we're going to say for next week. Oh, that's right. Oh, boy, I'm locked and loaded. Oh, yeah. We're going to say for next week. We're going to say for next week. All right. Well, Malik, I know we, I know we got. Oh, okay. I was gonna say I know we got two more questions that you have for us. I just wanted to throw out one last NXT question before we get it, got to yours. If possible, can you all name your favorite NXT match? I can. Uh, oh, I can. You already know. mine. is Sasha and Bailey take over Brooklyn. Yeah, I have two. It's either um, it's either Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano. Or it's Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa, the unsanctioned man, I believe. Whichever one Johnny won, that's 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 the New one. Orleans. I'd like to see yeah. that laughs. Nate, I want to go um, Cole versus Ricochet for the the North American Championship. Or or uh, that moonsault into a super kick was insane. Oh my god! <laughs> he's out. He's out. He's out. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, uh, I had a second one. It literally slipped yeah. my mind. I so my, my I have two. Oh, go ahead, Lewis. Go ahead, Lewis. I'll let you go. Since uh, I brought up the favorite, question, I'll be last. My favorite match of all time is obviously Johnny Gargano versus Adam Cole. But my honorable mention is um, uh, Mustache Mountain versus Undisputed Era. That's very Fire. good. Fire. Fire. Both Fire. matches. Yeah. Both yeah. matches. Fire tag yeah. Yeah. Fire. So, all three matches, yeah, matter of yeah, fact. Yeah, yeah. All three. So my two are uh, the latter match for the inaugural. Uh, North American Championship. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Absolute, yeah, absolute banger of a match. And somebody briefly brought it up earlier. Uh, Nate brought it up earlier. Alistair Black versus the Velveteen Dream. Yes. Fire. That, yeah. that match is so fire. fire. The, the build to That's, it, the ending. Uh, enjoy enjoy uh, infamy, Velveteen Dream. Like, <laughs> bro. Y'all, y'all know me. Y'all know me about Velveteen Dream, but we talk about Velveteen Dream matches. His match against Tommaso Ciampa at War Games. That's probably my favorite. Oh, yeah. With the yeah. call me up Vince Pants. Hell yeah. Fire. Bro, the, the thing, man, like, it's so, it's so weird because, like, I don't, at that time frame, I didn't, like, you know, see anybody being Ciampa but Johnny. But if there was any little time, if you just want to give Dream just a, just any time, it, 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 it could have been that moment mm-hmm. when he hit that elbow drop. I said, nah, son. And then Chopper kicked out. I'm like, what the fuck, man? I'm tired of him. I didn't want him with I'll the belt. I don't for me would be the second match between Walter and Ilya Dragunov. That shit was, was good. No, oh, yeah. I, I would go honorable, honorable mention would be Sami Zayn, Samoa Joe, two out of three falls. Match that made me Sami also, uh, uh, Neville versus Ballard, uh, the finals of no more contendership for the NXT. We could sit here forever. Honestly. Yeah, we could be here forever. <laughs> Actually, I did want to, but before we move on, I did want to. Pat brought up the the North American title ladder match at New Orleans. Where does that rank amongst ladder matches all time? And y'all fight. Off the there, bro. Off the It is a fantastic. Yeah. And a and fantastic opener yeah. too. And we briefly mentioned it's top ten. I got it's top ten. Top ten. Yeah. We've briefly mentioned almost everybody on that in that match. But hey, shout out to Killian Dane. 
because Jimmy he was, yeah. killed yeah. that match. So shout nice. out. Yeah. Yeah, and then of course was Lars Sullivan in that match? Yes, he, he was. was. I'll just say that Lars is in there too. It's, but, uh, it's uh, he. I mean, uh, uh, Jay, but he did good that match. Uh, uh, Jay, uh, oh, Jay, they're listen, looking a little Larsy. Before we go, before we go, listen, Triple H, Triple H, Triple H. Let me talk to. You. Hold on, let me Triple H. Let me let me tell you something, man. This whole thing with Nikki Cross not having friends, it better lead to a sanity reunion. I swear to God. Eric so Young is back in WWE. Don't think I don't read. I'm Eric saying. Young is back with WWE. He I'm better saying. pull up Raw after Mania. I swear okay. to God. I he swear will. to God. He will. He will. And, 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 and all will be right with the world. Before we move on, I just want to shout out Summer Rae real quick. Unsung hero of NXT. The reason why the Banks is the boss in Charlotte is, is a heel. That's why. She doesn't get enough love, bro. I just want to throw that out there. We talking about it. Jay, why are you laughing, man? I never thought of all the things that I that I think I'll hear before I die. Shout out to Summer Rae wasn't one shout of them. Out that's, Summer that's, just, that's all I'm saying. Remember, she's a WWE legend, bro. A little, a little golf clap. We'll give her a little golf her clap. You know, was, that's it. I just want to. stuff was fantastic. What's Summer Rae we talking about? Can we please not get off track on Summer Rae? What do you mean? The last before we head off here, we got two other questions. Uh, Mount Rushmore of uh, male and female NXT superstars. So we can start with we'll start with the women. Uh, we we'll start with the women. Who, who, who y'all got, man? Who y'all got? Who you got? Or we started with, or start with the women. You start with you. We'll start with you. Oh, okay, okay. So me and this was really tough. This was really tough, but I know we got time. So because I have a couple honorable mentions, but my four. Bailey, Sasha, Oscar, Shayna. Those are the four that. Oh, we're going to have some controversial ones now. Malik, we might have the same one. We might yeah, have the mine. same for both. My, mine is a little bit different. Sasha was on mine, but she got taken off by somebody else. I have Ooh. Bailey, I have Oscar, Shayna Baszler, and I have Mandy Rose. No, that's my match for now. I think Mandy Rose is solidified. That's my, that's my exact list. So I'm good. <laughs> Uh, oh, you put Mandy like, Rose on there? I have Mandy on mine as well. She's on I mean, there. I don't hate it, but I, I think I think she solidified herself on there for the reasons that first first woman to ever be NXT and UK champion to unify them. But she held down that women's division through that era where it was reinvented, where people didn't even care about it. Yeah, facts. yeah, facts. facts. Now, that I is true. That is true. Yeah. I appreciate the shout. Mine would be the same as yours, except I would replace Mandy Rose with Rhea Ripley. Um, oh yeah, that, I feel like Rhea didn't more. do enough as much as the other. That's just my opinion. That's that's mm -hmm. your list, but that to I, I just think that the success that she had across NXT UK and over to NXT, that's she fair. brought the NXT title to WrestleMania. I mean, Charlotte was there too, but Rhea was right there with her. Um, so yeah, I, I would put Rhea in my four. That's fair. I'd yeah. say for me, I'll, I'll do both men and women. So obviously for men, I didn't get to go, bro. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead, dog, go ahead, dog. Go ahead, dog. <laughs> Uh, summer right now. I'm playing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Blue. I, got, I think I think me and JG baby the same because I had Charlotte on here originally, but then we start talking about Shayna Baszler. I'm like, she ain't even on here. So I got Shayna, Sa uh, Bailey, Sasha, Oscar. Yeah. I, I'll do both men and women. My men is uh, Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, Adam Cole, and Braun Breaker. Braun Breaker done enough. I don't want to hear shit from nobody. Um, and then for women, um, I'm gonna go. <clears throat> I'm gonna go. Oscar, Shayna, Mandy Rose, and Bailey. That's mine. Valid, valid, valid. Uh, for the men's, what, what about you, Jay? Uh, for the men, so Johnny Gargano's number one up there. Obviously, Tommaso Ciampa was kind of the yin to his yang. So Tommaso Ciampa's up there as well. 
Adam Cole, I think, carried that whole reality era that we just discussed. Um, and then I, I struggle with my fourth. I think my gut reaction, honestly, is probably to put Bo Dallas up there. Honestly, I, when I, when I think Ooh. about when I think about OG NXT, the first name that I think about is Bo <laughs> Dallas. Um, so yeah, I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna get Bo I'll Dallas leave. that fourth slot. Uh, Nate, what about you for the men's? I got Balor, Gargano, Champa, and Adam Cole. Mm, solid. Pat? Uh, I have Balor, Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano, and Sammy. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Heart and soul. G? <clears throat> uh, me and Nate have been on one today for this show because – my honorable mentions were Shinsuke and KO, and the only reason they're honorable mentions is because I didn't watch at this time. But Finn Balor, Adam Cole, and then into the gang, Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. And Cersei. Nice. Like nice, nice. Adam Cole, Gargano, Balor, and Braun Breaker. Okay, Braun so Bull. can I ask y'all real quick, because there's two people now that have put Braun Breaker in name. Mount Rushmore. Can I just understand why? I just all right. So for me, so for me, if let's just talk about developmental. Braun Breaker was thrown in the fire off rip first match, mm-hmm. and then for him to just transition to the superstar that he is is incredible. Now, if we look at statistics, um, Braun Breaker <clears throat> in the 2.0 or in this era was the main focal point of the direction in the change for NXT forever. He got the win for team 2.0. He was mm-hmm. part of that. Um, he's one of the only few guys to have held the NXT championship multiple times. Um, that is true. Not to mention for me, for me on, top, on top of that, on top of that, his second reign, he's about to hit a year, not mm-hmm. to mention undisputed NXT champion. He did something that nobody else did. And on top of that, been the face of the brand for this long, having this kind of run, is something sure. that no other NXT champion has had. Because you look at Adam Cole, Adam Cole was the man when he was the champion. Then when he lost it, it was Keith Lee. Keith Lee was the man. Um, fucking, uh, when Gargano had it, Gargano was the man. When Ciampa had it, Ciampa was the man. Um, when when Ciampa had it in the 2.0 era, we knew Braun Breaker was the man. When yeah, we, knew, Ziggler, we knew what was coming. Yeah, we knew when Dolph Ziggler had it, we knew Braun Breaker was the man. No matter mm-hmm. who's in the spotlight, Braun Breaker has never shared it. Braun Breaker has kept the spotlight on him for this long. That's I feel like there. For, for me, he 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 makes the list because the same with Mandy Rose. He's been the guy <laughs> to excel and carried helped carry the division when people didn't care about the division anymore because of the change. Like obviously, you have other people like Carmelo Hayes and all those people, but they haven't been pushed as the guy. Braun Breaker's been pushed as the guy, and I think he's excelled at the expectations. Like they literally looked at Braun Breaker and said, "We." I think Braun Breaker's the next face of WWE, if I'm being honest, after Roman Reigns. I look at him and say, I think they're going to put him in, in, in his yeah. spot. So, yeah. I, I think... It, I mean, don't get me wrong. I've rocked with Braun Breaker. Everything y'all have said, I agree with. But, ne- like, next... No see, like, next face? I don't know if I can go that far only because... That. I'm not going to hold you. Like, especially with Triple H, assuming he's going to stay in creative control... I look at a guy like Carmelo Hayes, man, and I just think Car- it is Carmelo's time. Like, we are on Carmelo. Not even just, not even even just NXT. I can see him kind of getting the Finn Balor type run. I know, hey, like, no, I'm the, the second greatest, he, I'm the best. Yeah. When, when I, when I, when I see Carmelo Hayes is, is great, but I don't, I don't think he's going to win a championship. When I see Braun, the only thing that separate the main thing that separates Braun 
like where he barely makes the Mount Rushmore other than, uh, compared to the guys that have the list like Cole Gargano and Ciampa was those three were like the main guys to watch. Now, no disrespect to Braun. He's been the guy. But to G-Baby's point, it's getting like people don't watch NXT now to see Braun. It's been mellow since mellow has been here. And, I, you know, no disrespect to Braun. Braun's been the guy. But he hasn't been the guy to watch. Pete Gargano was the guy to watch. Pete Cole was the guy to watch. Mm -hmm. Pete Ciampa was the guy to watch. Pete Braun is amazing, but Carmelo Hayes is like, hey, bro, like, forget about me. It wasn't like that when those guys. <laughs> Braun has never shared the spotlight. I, I, I'll say that. I'm not going to backtrack. Braun has never shared the spotlight with nobody. He's been the guy. But he hasn't been the most must see guy, if that makes sense. And then, sense. to also, even though I'm about to contradict myself, oh, he hasn't been the most must see the guy I watch, but it's con it's not convenient about when Carmelo Hayes' push is about to come when Braun Breaker is about to leave NXT. Even, even yeah. before that, people have been wanting this Carmelo. I don't know if you pay attention. Pay, pay attention. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they've been wanting it, but, but he's people been wanting Carmelo Hayes to win this, to win the NXT championship for a long time, bro. A long time. People have been wanting it, but it still separates about how they're using them. They have, yeah, not, for sure. Not, they have been pushing Braun Breaker since day one, and Carmelo Hayes' push is about to come once Braun Breaker is no longer in NXT on the main roster. And, and don't get me to wrong, help, they've to been help pushing Carmelo Hayes too. But I think I saw, I think, and so to Braun Breaker, even though I'm about to contradict myself, to Braun Breaker in his defense, he got the title when it first started. Like, we knew that's who he was when it first started. And this was when NXT 2.0 was getting a lot of scrutiny because it yeah. wasn't what we wanted. So, to Braun Breaker's point, even though, okay, cool, you have Dolph, Dolph Ziggler beat him, and then he wins it back. I didn't really care for that, but I right, cool. I look at his, this, this, his second year reign, this, though. This is this, this how I'm going to break it down, and then we're going to head off here. I look at Carmelo Hayes and Braun Breaker like Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins. Braun Breaker is the company guy. Carmelo Hayes is the guy for the fans. That's who the fans want. The fans have wanted Seth Rollins for a long time, but he's not Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is the guy, and I think that's how it's going to be. Braun Breaker going to be the guy that the company going to push. The fans want Carmelo Hayes, and Carmelo Hayes will have a spot, but he's not going to be – the face, I think. That, uh, so I think okay, but are you let saying me, that? Let me play a little bit like Vince because with Triple H, I think But but Triple H still understands the business. Triple H understands. No, no, no. Yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. I'm not saying he doesn't, but like, let's keep it a buck though. With Triple H under control, would Roman have really been shoved into all the main events as much as he was? I think so. I think so. Yeah. I, think so. Ah, yeah. I disagree. I think. I think. You know Triple H. You still look at. You still look at it. You still look at it. You still look at it now. Like there's been opportunities probably to take the title, at least one of the titles from Roman, and they still haven't done it. Because I think with Roman, I think with Roman, I think with Roman Triple H would have capitalized on him being healed a lot sooner. And I don't think I was, it would have. That's what I was I don't think, Maybe I don't, they I, him heel would, would, he, would he have been in it? Yeah. Would, would he have been in this? Now, I'm not going to act like Triple H is the end-all, be-all of booking because, you know, he's not. There's still other great bookers in the wrestling business. Mm -hmm. But I feel like I feel like Triple H would have already understood. Like, if Vince would have retired seven years ago, Triple H would have understood, bro, you're not a face. You're a exactly. heel. Exactly. You heel. And so with that, and with that aspect, I get you because Triple H has earned a lot of benefit of the doubt for me. Because of what he did in NXT, so I can get with you on that. But I feel like I feel like um, when we talk about like Roman and Seth, I feel like one Roman, like yeah, you might turn him heel sooner. We might not get this character. But even when Triple H took over, 
yeah, they could have separated the titles, but I think Triple H was kind of put in a tough position because one, no, they unified the titles when he wasn't plan. there. Exactly, because yeah. he because he wasn't, he wasn't the title. He wasn't he wasn't he wasn't in control when they unified the titles in the first place. And then he just kind of got thrown into the fire to kind of be like, all right, now figure this out. That's why I say I think Raw after Mania, he's not gonna change Raw and SmackDown to black and gold. But that's when I think the booking. Like, don't be surprised because I'm not gonna lie, there is not a doubt in my mind Cody is winning night two. Don't be surprised if we get on here on Monday Night Raw and Cody, because he can get away with it with the type of baby face he's presented as, be like, Look, great, great, great night, great moment, did it for my dad. SmackDown needs a world title. I do not want to hold up this brand. There's a bunch of people over there, and then they're going to have a tournament. We get. For backlash to determine the new universal champion, I think yeah, that's how I think, I think that's gonna work. I think I don't want to bring it back, but um, back to the Carmelo Hayes and Braun Breaker topic. I don't have a dog in this fight, I think both are great. I love both guys. I think the conversation is going to be a lot closer because right now, you you know, people are gonna pick Braun. But if Carmelo Hayes beats Braun at standard deliver, mind you, Braun would be 0 and 2 at standard deliver, he wouldn't have a standard deliver win, so he'll be 0 and 2 at standard deliver. Um, and Carmelo Hayes, if he if he beats him on Stand and Deliver and has a nice run with the NXT yeah. Championship, Carmelo Hayes could sneak into the Mount Rushmore, and I think, depending I think how you look at it. He's going to win the title, and I think Carmelo's run, no matter how long it is, match quality-wise, Carmelo's run is going to be better than Braun's run. Yeah. He's just Car- Carmelo is probably the best in-ring performer they have in, t- in, in yep. NXT. No, right for now. sure, for sure. It, oh, it's yeah, Carmelo, and then it's Wesley I, after I, that. And, and still, so, Nathan we'll, so we'll see what happens at the end. We'll see what happens when the run is over. We'll see where we're at. Yeah. Braun Breaker definitely, is, it's, it's, he's losing to Carmelo. It's time for him to come up to the main roster. He's, he's, hey, he's, you, you say you see Braun Breaker as the, as the next face of WWE. Honestly, on the main roster, I see him as a huge dominant heel, bro. I, I see him sure. going full heel. Braun Breaker as a baby face is cool. I think he'd I think he'd take his career to another notch if he went heel. He just he, has that heel he, he aura. Still, he could still be the heel because Roman Reigns is the heel right now and he's still the face of WWE. So I, I think I still think either way he's taking that spot when Roman is gone. That, that's I look yeah. at it like it, that. the landscape is so open, which I'm excited for. I feel it all like depends has, on what Triple H wants. He has the mold and the look that the WWE wants to present itself as the guy for the company. That's why I said Carmelo yep. Hayes is the guy for the fans because he's who the fans want, but the company, they look at Ron Breaker and they look at how they position him all through NXT. Like they look at and him yeah, and they think that was And they can very much be close. And I know we gotta go. So that's my last thing I'll say. I, it can very well be close. I just feel like if this was Vince still in charge, no questions asked. Carmelo Hayes is not getting that push. He could be the Seth Rollins for sure. I think I think Braun and and um Carmelo, that's not gonna be to the same level, but they give me more stone cold the rock, where it was kind of like they were both integral. You couldn't have one without the other. Whereas Roman could have really done this without Seth. Like they would have pushed him regardless. Shit, you Seth, heard, you heard Ron and Melo say Triple H and Sean pulled them and said, Y'all, y'all the two guys. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. so but but the way I look at it, triple uh Braun Breaker is a triple like you can just look at it from in-ring aspect, all that Braun Breaker is a triple H guy, Carmelo Hayes is a Shawn Michaels guy. Triple H prioritizes character work, Shawn Michaels prioritizes in-ring work. We so those two are hand in hand with each other. That's why I think it's going to mesh well. I mean, those are two next guys. But I'm excited for both guys. Like I said, I don't have. It's much better when you don't have a dog in any fight and you just sit back and enjoy because you win at the end of the day. Absolutely. If people right. gonna be, if people gonna be Team Carmelo Hayes and hope that Braun Breaker fails, it ain't gonna happen, bro. You are gonna Trick be mad Melo forever. Game, Appreciate Trick both Melo guys. Game. Appreciate both guys. Now, 
Now, I don't appreciate, I mean, not appreciate, I, I, hate, Roman. I hate Roman, I hate his character, but <laughs> me as an upcoming wrestler, I appreciate his heel work. I take notes on Roman, I understand, I understand, like, he helps me become a better, you know, to learn how to be a better heel in the wrestling business. You know, once you sit back and appreciate what these guys do, you don't gotta be a sad, you know, a sad old man, you know what I'm saying, and, you know, enjoy the product. Fuck Roman. You know what I'm saying? All right, everybody. Thank you guys for coming through for this episode of NXT. Make sure you guys stay tuned next week. We're talking WWE and AEW next week. And I have a little fun debate. I'm ready. You got your notes ready, G. (laughs) We're going to be talking. So everybody's clear. But so everybody's clear. We're we're talking pros and cons for WWE and and AEW next week. So we're going to talk about some of the pros about WWE, some of the pros about AEW, some of the bad and good. So uh, nobody here is taking sides. It's an open conversation. <laughs> well, well maybe someone's taking sides. I'm gonna try my best, but it's gonna be a fun open conversation. Tony, if you're seeing this, don't watch next week, but sign me to Ring of Honor. I'm an upcoming wrestler. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, don't okay, watch look, next week. Hey, yo, chill. All of our views Relax. are independent. How Lewis feels about y'all has nothing to do with how I feel, so please sign him. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll be a lot nicer if y'all find yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. You sign Lewis with with the grass. All right, so real yeah, quick, yeah, real yeah, quick yeah. before real quick before we leave, we uh, got to get some TikTok clips out there. So random random prediction: Who's winning next year's Royal Rumble? Just throw a name out there, just so we can have a clip. <laughs> God, man. Mm. For women, Raquel. Bro, for men, good. theory. For women, gonna... Raquel. For men, Montez Ford. Oh shit! He, Hashtag Montez. We trust. I'm gonna say it next year, Braun Breaker, bro. Fuck it. Oh shit! Roman Raquel, Roman Raquel, Men Gunther. For the women, Raquel's a good one. Like that Nate. Like that Nate. Gunther, sir. Bailey can be a good one too, but I don't know if we're really gonna give it to her. I'm surprised Bailey has never won one. Yeah. I'll probably have to stick with Raquel. I I think that's the most solid one off the top of my head. Liv Morgan, woman. Oh, rest in peace. Shayna Baszler. Okay, we can hope. We can pray. We can pray. We can hope. Yeah, we can hope and pray. Johnny Gargano. Okay. Oh, okay. So you gotta get trying to get some Lewis points. Okay, right, man, man. man. <laughs> if that happens, y'all gonna see me right after that Rumble match, not event, that Rumble match. I'm gonna be on here, get that info, and I'm talking all that shit. You're trying to get Lewis's good side. All right, guys. Come on, Jade. You know you want to say Ziggler. <laughs> 